You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're listening to the Big Guy Sports Radio Show. Your home for New York sports. Good evening, everybody, and how are you today? We are here live for the Big Guy Sports Presents Primetime Sports News in New York. Here on July 6, 2020, for the next two hours, we are with you. I am your host, Jim, along with my co-host, Mac. How are you today? I'm doing good there, big guy. I have uh, been working since 4 o'clock this morning on a lot of stuff for the show, trying to get more people in, talking to some sponsors, looking up a lot of information. This is the start of my three-day weekend that I have. I work four days a week, uh, about double shifts every day just to get my three days off so I can uh, work another double shift here for the big guy sports. So we got a lot of information we're going to cover today, which I'm excited about. We got a huge guest coming up tomorrow that we'll talk about later. I mean, we got a lot of stuff. Busy as you, I mean, you are just, you are the busiest, (laughs) but you got your three free days here. So yeah, it's not free though. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta put in the time for the show, big guy. You know, we gotta get this going right, baby. Absolutely. Absolutely. We never stop. We never stop. Uh, Just let me touch base. Let everyone know really quick before we get started. If you're trying to if you're hoping to listen in on the Worldwide Sports Network app, there seems to be some technical difficulties on that end as it is still still seems to be down. So, you know, we're Facebook live streaming today. Uh, If you want to follow the show, you can like us on the big guys sports at Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. All of them at the guys sports. And, you know, we got some things in the hopper. Brand new website debuting Wednesday. Yeah, man. We're we're writing. We're going to get writers for articles. In fact, we got a lot of writers already, right? Debuting their stuff on Wednesday. I can't wait to read that stuff, man. We got some really talented people working for us over here. Absolutely. I found it. uh, Let me kick but I'll say Nick's writer who's pumping out some content. He's sending me if by the time I put the website live on the new website live on Wednesday, he's going to have filled the whole Nick's section up. Wow, you got, might have to get him on the air and let him be the uh, the Knicks insider. I got Alex is writing, the other Alexander's writing, two of the people watching right now. So, we got a debut of our new website taking it to another level. Yeah, we're always yeah. doing here and stuff like that. Um, but on that note, uh, if you're out there and you're listening and you have sports groups you can share our show to, please share it, please share the link, share the video. Have them come on over, help us out. We're starting to get big guests. We're going to have a huge guest tomorrow, which we're going to talk about later. But share it because the more people we get, you know, watching the show, the more shares, the more likes, the more people come watch us, allows us to get in more media departments. We're already in the Yankees media department, which allows us to get bigger guests. So the more you help us push the show, the more we can get you the guys you want to listen to. Right, right. You want to hear what Aaron Judge has to say, or you want to hear what Pete Alonzo has to say one day on the show? Well, we got to keep growing the show. You know, all about growing the show. So, with that said, we had some breaking news just a little while ago. Uh, Not too long ago, within the last hour, hour and a half, shocking news because we had spoke about this the other day, and we I could have swore one of us on the air said that we didn't see Mahomes signing an extension till next year or the year after because they weren't forced to do anything yet and lo and behold 10 year 10 year deal which is unheard right. unheard right. we don't know the money yet i'm trying like like i'm refreshing sources like 
on a 15 minute basis right now trying to find out what the money is because I've, you know, there's nothing concrete. I've heard maybe $40 million a year, but he signs a 10 year deal. He with they picked also picked up his fifth year option. So technically he's with them for 11 more years. He's all the way through 2031. He's got security now. Doesn't matter if he gets hurt. You know, a large amount of that is going to that large amount of that money is going to be guaranteed. I mean, have you ever seen? I'm trying to think. Has a quarterback ever signed a 10 year deal before? Not that I've ever heard of. I've heard some deals where supposedly people got part of teams or a bigger percentage of, of, of stocks or, or stuff like that. I've heard that in the mill before, but never this long of a contract. Because, of course, you know, Jim, that the team is taking a huge risk here. God forbid something happens to Patrick Mahomes in the next couple of years and his contract is signed. If, if half of it's guaranteed, you know, uh, teams, the team, the organization is really going to lose out. Well, they're also uh, one of the good things they have is here is I know what you're saying. You're, you know, and you're you hit it on the head. You just don't know with injuries. But at the same time, they're doing themselves a solid because now they're you know, now they're one of those, you know, they don't have to worry about this in the future. Like, I don't know if necessarily Patrick Mahomes, he never comes across as the type of guy to me that would go and would complain publicly, pay me, pay me this, pay me that, you know, he's not, you know, he doesn't come across as like a Jamal Adams who just, you know, can't get out of stopping what he's saying, you know, and, you know, but to lock him up, he's one of the best QBs in the league, if not the best already, you know, he, just took you to the Super Bowl. I don't have a problem with it. Don't bother me now. Hey, listen, ain't my money guy. I mean, he, you can pay him. They can lock him for 20 years if they want. That's their decision. Um, we'll see what happens. Like I said, you know, football is a very physical game. Anything can happen at any time. It's a big chance that the Kansas City is is taken. Patrick will is I guarantee he's happy. And uh, they got their next quarterback. They have their, their future quarterback for the next next 10 years. He didn't even he didn't even wait to see what their new name's gonna be. That's true. What if I mean, like the name, like what if it's the Kansas City supermarkets? I mean, he might he might be able to when it comes up with the name. They may call him the Kansas City Mahomes. You know what I mean? That's that's very possible. Actually, he's under contract now for the next twelve years. He's only twenty four years old, so he'll never have to worry about money. You know, so you know, I don't know. I mean, if you want to look at it from another perspective too. Look at it. Look at this. Like how it damages other teams now. Now look at look how smart does Dak Prescott look? Right yeah. I mean, he didn't sign the thirty-five million dollar a year contract. Now, granted, Dak Prescott is not as good as Patrick Mahomes, and I hope that he understands that. I hope that Dak Prescott lives in a little bit of what I call reality, because Dak Prescott is not on Mahomes' level. So I still feel if you look at this, if we find out later today that Mahomes got $40 million a year, then I don't see how Des Dak Prescott can argue 35 because that's about what he's worth. If Mahomes is 40, Prescott's worth about 35, 36. He's not worth 40. Well, I mean, it depends on how long they sign him, too. If, they, if he, A lot of these players, especially like Dak Prescott and stuff like that, they're looking to get another contract. So they want it to be a you know three-, four-year contract so they have a chance in their prime to get another big contract. Patrick Mahomes did it differently. He took the 10-year contract. He's not worried about another contract coming up on the horizon. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the terms the terms of every contract, Jim, are different. So whether it's how much is guaranteed up front to Patrick Mahomes, you know, what is the salary in his 10th year or 12th year, we're going to have to see what all the terms are in that. 
And now, now he's setting the market, though, also for anyone who comes along who performs to his level. I mean, who knows what's going to happen in the next few years? Who knows which of these young quarterbacks turns it on and takes that level, you know, that elite status level? Whoever does that's going to get paid. Because if anyone well, goes out there and starts winning Super Bowls, putting up MVP type quarterback numbers, you know, like let's just use an example. Let's say that over the next couple of years, maybe in the next three or four years, Lamar Jackson wins two Super Bowls and puts up MVP numbers. He's going to want more than Mahomes. That's what just that's the first thing came to my mind when you when you mentioned that Jackson. He may be able to get that next year. I mean, with the performance he he made last year was unbelievable. So if he has one more year like that, never mind going to the Super Bowl, but just the MVP style brings him to the playoffs or championship with his numbers, with his running and passing, he might be up there with Patrick. Yeah, if you're sitting somewhere, if you're if you're Lamar Jackson, you've got to be sitting at home right now going, hmm, this could be good. Let it yeah. be. He's probably more interested in the number than we are. He probably texted him home and said, listen, let's go out and have a beer together. Let's talk a little bit, right? So, I mean. Yeah, but this, yeah. <clears throat> this uh, you, nobody could be upset at this deal. I mean, how can you be upset? Patrick Mahomes is the, one of the top two, three in the league. Yeah, but he's still got to, you know, he's still played only, what, two years, three years at the most? So, you know, I mean, listen, you know, I, I the only thing I, I don't like when I hear about Patrick Mahomes is somebody says he's the greatest quarterback ever and all this stuff. Yet. You don't know I mean, that. that he's played well, Exactly. The man has just started. He looks great. He looks like a future star. I mean, unless, you know, I, I mean, I can't imagine something that could prevent him from growing that way, except if he gets an injury to his shoulder. All that. I mean, people kind of like, you know, there was a time like, cause we always talk about Cam Newton. There was a time where Cam Newton, if you go a few years back, looked like he was one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And then he, now he couldn't barely find a job. So it's, it, you don't want to jump the gun. Right. on a guy who's only 24, but I can understand signing someone long-term, you know, thinking of it from a Giants or a Jets perspective. And you look at Daniel Jones and you look at Sam Darnold, and I'm not putting them on Patrick Mahomes' level, but if they play well and they continue to grow, if Jones continues to grow, if Darno takes the step that the Jets fans think he's going to take, they're going to want to get paid in two or three years. And it might not be Mahomes' money, but it's going to be good money. And, you know, if you lock up someone early, you avoid the stress of having it play out in the media. Like, for example, it wouldn't hurt the Giants to it wouldn't hurt the Giants to lock up Barkley. And we're getting breaking right. news from Adam Scheffner, according to Tyrone and Alexander. It's 10 years worth over 400 million. I'd love to know what the guaranteed is, guys. So if you see the guarantee, because I'm on the air, I'll try to scroll through the internet. I knew it was going to be around $40 million a year, but I want to know how much of that's guaranteed. So we're getting reports $40 million a year, but why not lock somebody up? Like if you're the Giants, you know, maybe lock up Barkley now so you're not, you know, you're not stressed out when it comes time to lock up Daniel Jones because Barkley's only a year ahead of Jones. So if you wait, you're going to have to lock them both up at the same time. You could lock up Barkley now, take care of that, know where your cap is. Well, you know, it, it's it's a totally different situation. One more thing on Patrick. Um, this long contract also helps the Chiefs in another way. They don't have to re- worry about another negotiation, another high uh, salary cap being raised again. So it kind of protects them from, you know, higher contracts with that 10-year contract. On Saquon, Saquon's a running back. And running backs get hit a lot more than quarterbacks get hit. 
And the market for, you know, I, I, McCaffrey's the one to set the market at 16 million, which is, is unbelievable for running back. I agree with you. They should try to lock him up. Uh, I don't know what the terms would be, how long the contract would be. The average life expectancy in the NFL for running backs is about three years. So, I mean, I don't know how they're going to approach Saquon Barkley because he is such a, a threat from anywhere on the field, carrying the ball, catching the ball. He's, he's a playmaker. He's a game turnaround uh, changer. So I'm not sure how they're going to approach that. I don't know if they're going to go. I guarantee you it's not going to be 10 years. I'll tell you that. Well, no, no, no. You're not going to give a running back 10 years. But another thing you want to factor in, too, with Mahomes is keep in mind that later down the line, that deal will change because there will be a time. It always happens with all quarterbacks. It happened with Peyton. It happened with Brady. It happened with Eli. There always comes a time when you get about five or six years in that deal and the team comes around and says, listen, can you take a little off that so we can fit some players under the cap so we can win? So it always, you know, for football players, their, their main concern is what are they getting up front? What's probably right. Right. right? We don't have those numbers yet. I just took a look. So we're talking Mahomes. We're talking the deal. We're talking NFL. If you want to comment, you can comment on Facebook. If you want to call in, the lines are open 732 716 2606. The number is on the screen. If you want to call in to talk football, we could get you can call in and uh, ask a question. Make a comment, just football for now. We'll get into other stuff later in the show. Um, so, yeah, there is confirmed. I'm looking all over. Adam Scheffner uh, did break this story. Um, four people have signed quarterback extensions before this season now. You had Ryan Tannehill. Um, well, let me go. All right, I'm misreading that. So he's, uh, there are, he's the fourth quarterback to receive an extension since 2011 before their fourth year of their five-year contract, their starter contract. Ryan Tannehill did it with the Dolphins, Carson Wentz, and Jared Goff. Now, interesting, Ryan Tannehill didn't work out in Miami and then went to Tennessee and then got paid. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I mean, right system for him, man. Miami was in the right system, so he, he yeah. kind of made he made out with that. Just don't mess up. But Mahomes has a decorated uh, – he's got a decorated resume already, Super Bowl MVP. They just yeah. Super Bowl. Uh, first quarterback in history to win an MVP in a Super Bowl before turning 25. Became the youngest quarterback named to be Super Bowl MVP. Helped him erase a 10-point deficit. Uh, finished the game 26 of 42 for 286 with three touchdowns, two passing, one rushing. He did have two interceptions. He joined Tom Brady and Terry Bradshaw as the only players to win the Super Bowl MVP despite throwing two interceptions or more. So there you go. He's named the NFL's MVP after the 2018 season when he led the NFL with 15 touchdowns and threw for 5,000 yards. And I remember that year very well because he helped me win my fantasy football league. So thank you, Pat. Thank you. Got me a little money that year. Yeah. I, I traded him last year because I had a crappy team. But anyway, it's keeper league. <clears throat> so Patrick Mahomes getting paid, moving on to the next level. Who will be next? Who's next? I mean, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott. I mean, the Cowboys have been working hard to re-sign Dak Prescott. And now if I'm Dak Prescott, because I believe that Dak Prescott's a little delusional in his head about how good he is. So if I'm Dak Prescott and I'm thinking like a delusional person, which is what I'm going to do right now, I'm going to pretend I'm Dak Prescott and I think I'm the best quarterback in the league. He's probably also thinking, hmm, Dallas wanted to give me five years, 35. I think I want 10-400 too. Or 401. 
because Dak Prescott lives in a real in a fantasy land that most of us will never reach. <laughs> I don't know about that. I think Dak's a very good quarterback. You, yeah, but uh, Pat, Dak Prescott is Pat Mahomes. Eh, well, I think maybe if you played for Kansas City, maybe you could be. Uh, and, uh, this is that guy, teams. You really feel that way? I mean, Dallas has a Dallas. You know, is one it, of the let me tell you. Let me tell you. So, Andy Andy Reid is one of the best head coach offensive coordinators in football history. He took teams like the Eagles to the Super Bowl when they didn't really have talent. They were always competitive. He, he even made the quarterback there at the Eagles look really good. Uh, the guy to Syracuse slips my name right now. He shouldn't because Michael Strahan used to sack him all the time. Him and him and uh, him and, huh? Who are you talking about, McNabb? Yeah, yeah, McNabb. Thank you. Good Irish guy. So yeah, he uh, he he ended up uh, he ended up making McNabb Irish. Yeah, MC is Mick McNabb. That's Irish. All right, go ahead. All right, so so anyway, yeah, um, yeah, he made McNabb look really good. For, you know, he was out of Syracuse, and the Eagles looked really good too, and they. Uh, He's a great coach. He has a great system there. Um, uses his running backs well. Has some unbelievable speed at tight end uh, at wide receiver, and one of the best tight ends in football. So he's he's surrounded with a lot of talent. He's got a great arm. He's a playmaker. Uh, Dak Prescott is a playmaker. I mean, I can't take it away from him. No much. No, no matter I how. Understand, but Dallas has had a great offensive line. They have right. the, one of the best top five running backs in the league. They have. Good wide receivers. They had him for the first few years when he was still Witten before he got a little slower. And they had a manageable defense. And I don't know. I mean, I I don't he's to me, I'm not taking away from Dak Prescott. I'm not throwing him like in the bottom half of the quarterbacks in the league, but he's underachieved. And to me, as far as winning a title, because he had more years. And I don't know, to me, Dak Prescott is not Mahomes. He doesn't get oh, Mahomes. no doubt. No yeah. doubt. But how do you how do you justify now paying him if you're the Cowboys? Because Dak Prescott turned down $35 million a year. Now Mahomes only got 40, so that's only five million more. How can you sit there and justify paying him Mahomes money? I mean, I know that that's type of crazy stuff that uh Jerry Jones does, but unless he's fallen off the boat and hit his head, there's no way Patrick Mahomes deserves $40 million a year. Oh, you mean Patrick does, but but Dak no, doesn't. There's no way Dak Prescott deserves. Well, again, Jim, it has to. It, it goes with the terms of the contract. I mean, they're not going to send uh, sign Dak for ten years. But what's the guaranteed money? What are the terms of the contract? I mean, that's the stuff that that either makes or breaks contracts a lot. A lot of it doesn't have to do with the top dollar. A lot of it has to do with what the guaranteed money is and, and how long the contract is. So, I mean, you would have to look at the terms of the contract if you're going to offer, for example. Dak Prescott, forty million years. Just say you did, and only you know twenty million of twenty million, or, or say say for five years, two hundred million, and only forty fifty million of that is guaranteed. I mean, you see what I'm saying? Fine, but I don't think that's not you know we both know he's not going to take that little of amount guaranteed. I mean, the original offer they had on the table with the between the four and five years at thirty five million, right. almost like eighty percent of it was going to be guaranteed. So, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, to me, the Cowboys. I mean, hey. Listen, as a Giant fan, sign him to 40. Give him 45. Give, Give him 50. 50. I don't there care. Tie up. I don't care how much you pay him. Pay him 60. Yeah. But, again, I, 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 don't go with, I don't go with the premise that Dak Prescott is a bad quarterback or an average quarterback. He's above, he is definitely above average. I say he's in the top top eight to ten in, in the league to me. I mean, that's how big of a playmaker he can be. Right. So. See, that, that, that's what I'm saying, though. The, the number one quarterback 
let's just say now that's Mahomes because Brady has slowed down a little bit. The number one quarterback and the number eight quarterback should not be paid the same. True, true. But I, again, I mean, what, what would you do with Drew Brees then? Say, say Drew Brees, I, I think they signed him for one year. I think that's what happened with him. Mm -hmm. But suppose he won another year and he wants $40 million. Do you think Drew Brees yeah, won I mean, you know, one year is different than five years. I understand. I don't think Drew no, Brees could play. Drew Brees now is worth $40 million either. You, you know, Drew, there was a time, wasn't there, that Drew Brees was the highest paid quarterback in the league? Yeah, yeah. yeah time. Drew Brees is, you know, if he wanted one year, I'd say, all right, here's $25 million. Come back for one year. I mean, I, I know what you're saying. saying Drew Brees is not the best quarterback. But there's a big difference to a one-year commitment to a five. True. Very true. But what happens if that one-year uh, that, that one contract is a completely guaranteed, too? That's a big deal, too. Well, it is. It's going to be. I mean, isn't one-year contracts always, like, guaranteed, isn't it? I mean, who signs a one-year contract with not at all guaranteed? Well, I mean, suppose there's a, suppose there's a term in here if he gets injured, he doesn't he doesn't make that one year. I mean, this is all I'm saying, Jim. No, I got you. I got you. I, we'll, we'll see. I mean, if anything, the Cowboys, Jerry Jones is probably sitting somewhere like crap. Like crap. I couldn't get him signed. I couldn't get him signed beforehand. But if I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm throwing a party. I'm calling up Patrick. I'm saying, listen, but I saw the deal. How much is guaranteed? Let me help you. Let me buy you a car. Let me send you over something just to say thank you because now I'm going to get paid oh, he's gonna get in an MVP or a Super Bowl, which the Ravens have every shot to win this year. Oh, Their definitely. It's solid. Their offense is solid. And he's as good as it gets. I want to throw another football note in before I move on. Did you see what the Jets draft pick Denzel Mims had to say about Philadelphia? No, I didn't see that. Well, I guess back in his college days at some point, <clears throat> Denzel Mims made a statement that said the Philadelphia Eagles are a trash city and a garbage people. Something along those lines. All right, all right, all right. Crapped on the, on the city, right? So um, – so today or the other day, he was asked about that. And I give the man credit because he could have said, well, I'm going to back down a little bit, you know, and, you know, say something different. But he didn't back down. He doubled down. He said, all right, I'm going to say it again. And he basically said, Philly's a dirty word. I'm not going to repeat trash ass city. Right. <laughs> So Denzel Mims apparently does not like Philadelphia. Now, I don't know if one day he was driving through and he got carjacked or something, or well, something has to lead to why he doesn't like Philadelphia. Wow, that's crazy. And 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 he didn't give no reason why. Nobody knows why he said that. I, he just doesn't like the city. So I guess it's a good thing the Eagles didn't draft him. Do you think they maybe they they thought about that before they drafted him? You that know? Yeah, that could be. So so uh, he said, this is, I guess he said the Jets rookie on his pre-draft interview with the Eagles. He said, I didn't like that dirty ass trash ass city. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what he had to, what he had to say. Um, he said that when he went there, it was, he's from, I guess he's from a small town in Texas. So he was a little scared. He wasn't familiar with the whole big city. He said, you see a lot of people that look scary. So he just didn't feel comfortable. Wow. wow. I guess you could scratch off Philadelphia as any kind of potential free agent destination for him in the future. Uh, yeah, unless 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 for some reason the Eagles offer him a lot of money and he, he does real good, then he might change his mind. You never know. Things, Alex, Alex is apologizing to me, but 
just because I'm a Flyers fan doesn't mean I think all of Philadelphia is great. I think the Eagles are trashy too. So you don't have to apologize to me. I don't like right. the Eagles at all. You know, I just like I don't like anything out of Philly except the Flyers. So anyway, I just thought I'd throw that some extra football news out there. I didn't know if you had seen that, and I oh, I, I admire the guy because he didn't back down. He doubled down. Yeah, he he didn't try to repair his statement in any way. Yeah, he grabbed his chips and he said, "Double or nothing." There you go. I give him credit for that. I give that's him too cool. So anyway, let's move on to a little baseball news because there's there's you know, even though I'm a Met fan, I try to wish well for the Yankees, and I'm going to be honest with you, I'm a little irked at this whole thing. I if I was a Yankee fan, I would be irked. So, as everybody knows, Tanaka got hit by a line drive by Stanton. Right. Stanton can't stay on the field. Now he's trying to take people to the DL with him. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. You know, he's like, ah, let me bring people with me. So anyway, <clears throat> so I watched the video, and the first thing that came to my mind was, why is the pitcher – you ain't that deep pitching-wise. Because, you know, if you're top five, anyone gets hurt – you're relying on rookies that you don't know what you're going to get. I don't care how highly touted they are. There's been plenty of highly touted pitchers who come in the league and never figure it out. Why is he not pitching behind a net? Well, I mean, if you're doing a simulated game, I guess you can't pitch behind a net. But but what I what, what bothers me, Jim, is why in this certain case is he even pitching simulation to, to, to some big hitters on the Yankees. Why don't they have them rookies pitching this simulation? Why not take a look at them? Why not have one of the, you know, the sixth starter in the rotation pitching simulation? If you want to give the batters a good look at Major League Baseball, you don't have to throw Tanaka out there. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have any of my starting pitchers pitching any simulated games until maybe the last two exhibition games and let them throw a couple innings. I wouldn't have them out there pitching batting practice. That's for sure. That's crazy. I agree with Alex. Thank God he was okay. I mean, my Lord. I mean, of all the people, Stanton hit him. You know, no one would care if Aaron Judge hit him. They, man, we love Aaron. <laughs> but Stanton, I got people on Facebook like, this guy trying to hurt the whole team. He's a sabotage. <laughs> I mean, I just don't understand. I get him pitching to it. But if you look, because see, you're going to, you're, I know what you're disputing. You say, I will simulate a game. They don't need a net. Whoa, 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 whoa. Because when they did simulate a game yesterday and Paxton was pitching, there was a net. So they learned a lesson. I, I still think, how can you, how can you simulate your wide up and really pitching the batters you if you got a net in front of you? Net. You just can't feel it. Well, I don't want him fielding anyway. I don't want to pull in a hamstring. Well, didn't he get hit in the head? I mean, how would that net have protected his head anyway? I don't know. He's up tall when he fit where he finishes and low where he starts. So when he, leans to the side he's buying it i get what you're saying but listen the yankees can't afford tanaka to be out for a half of a two-month season because he got hit at a at a baseball that they said was the was the speed of a plane taken off i agree That's why I'm... 747 taken off why are the yankees starting pitchers throwing bat in practice basically is what they're doing out there right now oh, no. I... I put the rookies in there. Let's see what they got. Let them go up against Stan. Why do you, we already know what Tanaka can do? We don't but have to the, see what Tanaka can do. Up now. now, the Yankees are playing two 
the next two days, in fact, tonight at six o'clock, if it happens, and I'm in this area, and I can tell you there's a lot of rain and storming going on right now. Yeah. I don't know what it's like at Yankee Stadium, but I'm only, you know, an hour and 15 from Yankee Stadium. So usually the weather is the same. Um, they're playing a game in scrimmage today, and it's going to be live. Right. I'm so starved for baseball that I'll sit there and watch the damn scrimmage of the Yankees, even though it's not my team. Because I'm over here watching videos that the Mets working out. I mean, that's how okay. I am for baseball. So I wonder if they'll have a net tonight. Probably not. But I mean, of all the people, I mean, here's the thing. Stand, have some back control. We ended up the middle for They got the hey, whole field anywhere you want. Hey, listen, Tanaka's got still got a nasty cutter once in a while. Maybe it came down a little bit on him. Who knows? I mean, you can't avoid that. You, Tanaka should not be out there pitching bad practice. That's all, that's all I can say. He shouldn't be out there pitching bad practice. No batting practice. <laughs> no, no, no. no batting practice. So No, you know. no. I mean, it just the minute I saw it, I thought to myself, this is the last thing the Yankees need. Could you imagine if it was cold? If it was cold, I got hit in the head? Oh, Stanton, they'd be, Facebook would be trading Stanton for two baseballs in a bat. Yes. Hey, I mean, are you kidding? <laughs> he would be gone. I mean, oh, boy. Poor Stanton, man. He can't catch a break. Just hit some home runs. Don't worry about it. Nobody wants to see you hit a single. Okay. Right, right. The ball should be nowhere near. Tanaka. So anyway, as I mentioned before, uh, the Bronx Bombers will play two inter-squad games at Yankee Stadium tonight and tomorrow at 7 o'clock. The Yankees are going to – yes, Network will air coverage from both games from 6 to 9. So I'm sure tomorrow if when we uh, – you maybe I'll go with you. I don't know. It depends what I'm doing. But if we listen in on the conference calls tomorrow with the Yankees media, I'm sure you'll get something out of it from tonight's game for sure. I would think so. I would think so. If they have a conference call, I'm hoping they do. They've been they've been sending us a lot of uh, videos of the workouts and stuff like that. That uh, and and some clips. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we can uh, take a look at those too. But um, yeah, hopefully they have a conference call. They normally have it around Jim around two o'clock, one fifty, something like that. So maybe we'll be able to both get in there. And, and well, I mean, I, the Mets were doing conference calls today with Degrom and with. Uh, with uh Rojas and I, you know, I wrote to them and said, "Come on, guys, we're at, we've been asking for access. We got access. We got access to the Yankees. Me, right, right. I mean, give us some access so we can get in there and get the notes. I don't care if it's just email access. Let me be yeah, part of the email. Exactly. I don't care. Pat, yeah. asked, do you think the Yankees hitters should go from BP to Max Scherzer? Uh, I think that's over dramatizing it, Pat. I mean, they're in the first week of three weeks of camp, and I don't. I mean. I don't want to see the Yankees win the World Series because I'm not a Yankee fan. So, I mean, you throw out any pitcher you want. But if I was a Yankee fan, why risk it so soon? You know what I mean? I guess accidents happen. All right. So, granted, I understand accidents. And no one else hit them. <laughs> so, accidents happen. But I can understand Mac's point of view. I mean, you know, but I also understand Pat's point of view, Mac, is that, you know, they can't go the whole the whole spring without pitching the hitters. Well, I'm saying, why can't you? Why can you not go in there? You, you pitch like you're pitching a real game, and then in the last two exhibition games that they're going to have just before of spring training, just before they start, throw them out there and see what they can do. Why am I going to put my starting pitchers up against my first string hitters to see 
to see whether they, they can throw or not or whether they can hit or not. I could see a little bit of Pat's point is that at some point it could happen. I mean, you could you could wait and hold the pitchers till the last two games of spring training and Garrett Cole can he get hit in the head with a line drive. I mean, it's just that's true. Fuck. I mean, it just happens the same way. The same way sometimes a pitcher by accident lets the ball sail and hits the hitter in the head. Most hey, of listen, the time they're not trying to do it. I, I agree with all that. But why are you putting yourself in that position? At least let the, uh, a player from the other team do it. I mean, all right, cool. But well, I, gonna... I think what Pat Sands are trying to stimulate as close to possible Max Scherzer. Tanaka's not as good as Max Scherzer, but Tanaka's a lot closer to Max Scherzer than Devi Garcia. Uh, the truth is the truth. I don't know. Listen, I, I don't. I don't know. I just. I feel it's kind of crazy to be doing that right now. At least he's okay. Went yes. to the hospital, checked out. He'll be back on the mound in a week. No problem. Hey. And speaking and 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 I'm speaking of the Yankees, uh, and I had to bring this up. Uh, many of you guys remember Willie Randolph uh, played second base for us for years. Um, he was kind of not an unforgotten guy, but he was just a solid second baseman, had a little speed. Well, he turned 66 years old today, and uh, I'm just going to wish him a happy birthday because uh, I used to love watching Willie Randolph play and 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 what he did for the Yankees, especially in the late 70s, early early 80s when we started uh, winning some titles. You know, so it's happy birthday. Willie Randolph up, and of course we wish him a happy birthday, but I loved Willie Randolph as the Mets manager and thought he got a terrible raw deal. Yeah. I yeah. mean, he had really good seasons for the Mets, got, you know, got them back relevant. They were playing well. David Wright at the time, the most popular Met, was a big fan of his, loved Willie, and the Wilpons did him dirty. And yeah. on the West Coast, when he took a trip over there, dirty and made him fly home alone. That's the dirty really deserved better than that. I thought he was a good manager and it, it's very upsetting to me unless he didn't want to do it. That Willie Randolph hasn't got another head job. Yeah. I mean, he he was, he he was bench coach for for us for years too. So, I mean, he was a good coach, but, and, and a lot of times those not average players, but the players that really have to work at, at their craft, make the best coaches, yeah, he, he was good, man. I don't, you know, I don't understand what happened. He's got a managerial record of three hundred two and two fifty three. That's good. Yeah, I there's mean, a lot I, of losing managers who constantly get another another chance. So, I mean, maybe he maybe he just got fed up because I know his his heart was in New York. I know that for sure. I mean, look at this. Let me let me throw this at you, and you might be shocked. You might even be, uh, you know, flabbergasted at this. So he oh. takes over the New York Mets. Okay. In 2015, he goes 83 and 79. Improvement. Yeah. Right. In 2005, that was. I think I said 15. That was 2005. I, wow, the years fly. 2006, he won the division at 97 and 65 with the Mets. 97 yeah. and 65. 2007 took him back at 88 and 74. 14 games over. Then in 2008, He's one game under 500, 34 and 35, a manager that never finished under 500 as the manager of the Mets, and he got fired. And did they give a reason for that? Or they. Who cares what the reason is? It's the Wilpons. Might be because they woke up and they took an Oreo cookie and opened it, and the icing was on the right side and not the left, like the movie Rounders, and they just decided to fire him. When do the. When do the. When do the Will Ponds ever do anything that makes any sense to anybody? 
I don't know. It, it was too bad because it was a re really a hell of a wobble. And speaking of the Mets, too, Jim, uh, way back on this day to say, hey, kid, Willie Mace hit his 660th home run while being a Met. So that was a, 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 a big, huge uh, day in, in baseball history with uh, was he on the, the Mets. Swing then, because the Mets usually pick up people when they're on the downswing. Yeah, it was sad because I don't know if you remember watching Willie Mays uh, late in his career uh, with the Mets, but you could tell in his last couple of years, especially his last year, that he was disgusted with himself. You're talking about probably the greatest center field fielder and 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 in baseball history. And of course, he was he was at he was at the end of his career with the Mets, but he did hit his 660th home run against Don Gullett reliever from the Cincinnati Reds. I don't know if you remember him or not. I do remember Don Gullett, yes. And yeah. I, I want to say this is a great day for him as well, 660 and Willie Randolph. But I'm just still upset at the Willie Randolph statistics that I just said. <laughs> 500. I'm surprised the Wilpons haven't put statues of themselves outside the stadium that I can then tell people to go tear down. Yes, yes. Because they, they're a mess. Well, I think they probably know that. That's why they haven't done that. Joseph. Yeah, but in three days, we'll at least have some bids in for a new uh, owner. That, so. should, that should be interesting. But happy birthday to Willie. I love you, Willie. You always did right by the Mets. You gave them three seasons over 500. Two of them, they went to the playoffs. One in the fourth season, you would have finished over 500 if they didn't jump the gun. You're one yes, game sir. 500. So, and I am keep clicking and looking, and I have no – additional updates on guarantees yet for Patrick Mahomes. Although I'm sure our listeners will jump on that the minute they see something as I want to know. Definitely. This is what we do. We break news, right? So, or well, actually Adam Scheffner broke it. We're reporting. Yes. So, brings me to my next topic. So I want to switch over if we may for a little bit to basketball, but I didn't know if you saw the breaking news that came in today. I don't know if you want to call it breaking, but it was reported that the Nets are going to make a godfather-like deal to try to get Greg Popovich to leave San Antonio after this. When I, yeah, when I say godfather deal, they're going to offer him an insane amount of money. Come coach for the Nets. Yes. What do you think? Can, can you imagine? Now, you're two superstars right now in Brooklyn. Can you imagine him as their head coach? <clears throat> well, may he probably get him in line because he doesn't take any crap. I don't know, man. I mean, I, I I don't remember him having a player like that. Can you remember? Well, he had Duncan and he had Robinson, and yes, they were two stand-up guys. And comparing yeah. Duncan and Robinson to Durant and Irving is like comparing. I don't even know. I can't even make a comparison. They're not even in uh, the group. This is two classes against two people who can't seem to get out of their own way, but. You know, if they could get him, that's a huge get. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, I know that they talked to Sean Marks and he, you know, briefly today and he just said, you know, well, he coaches for the Spurs. I have no comment because he's not allowed to coach on someone for as who is for another team, you know, and I don't expect him to, even if he was interested to come out and admit it, you know, that's tampering anyway, if Popovich, you know, is under contract with somebody, but that would be a huge get, regardless of whether he can handle Irving or Durant. You're talking about one of the greatest coaches of all time. I agree. I just don't see it happening. I just they just they just signed Durant and Irving. I don't see that happening at all. I mean, I think I ain't gonna say he's a disciplinarian, but he's kind of old school. He's kind of the team T 
team first kind of guy. And, and, and like you said, I mean, you know, Duncan was, was, was a, an ex naval, naval officer or sorry, was that Duncan? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Yeah. Robinson. Robinson was the ex naval guy. And Duncan was like, I mean, he didn't say boo. I mean, the guy was so quiet. I don't see him. I don't see him fitting in there at all. I mean, Maybe I mean if maybe they went offered offered I don't see the money see the fit between money talk yeah but does it does the team what does Durant and Irvin do when somebody starts telling them you know you gotta you gotta run the floor and keep your mouth shut I don't I don't know I don't know we'll see I mean you know Justin says the Nets are high if they think they're getting Popovich I I mean I I think they could get him if the money's right <clears throat> I mean if you offer him a three year deal which has been speculated and you're giving him more money than any coach has ever gotten before. I mean, you know, he might be ready to move on. I mean, he's got a long legacy in San Antonio. He won a bunch of titles in San Antonio, but they're not close to the team they were anymore. You know, they're not one of the forces right now in the league. Yeah. I, I, Jim, I don't see it. I mean, I just personality wise, I don't see it, but I mean, or Jacques Vaughn, the guy that's doing the interim coaching right now. Yeah. I mean, I prefer the guy they had before him. Kenny yes. Atkinson, but you know, do you want him to just give it to Vaughn? I mean, Vaughn didn't really earn it. He just, I, I mean, I just don't, I don't see, I think they would need a, a, a newer coach to handle that, that group over there. I don't think somebody that older, uh, that old style coaching would work over there. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it would. I mean, Atkinson, I, I think that's a great thing. They got rid of him maybe for the next, hopefully, I mean, the next, hopefully the Knicks uh, pick him up. I like him a lot. Well, speaking of Kevin Durant, who I know is one of your favorites, I know how much you love Kevin Durant. So Sean Marks, the GM, and I, I, you know, you know, it's I sometimes when the Nets speak, I think to myself, there are worse franchises in New York than the Mets because the Nets are worse. The Nets are run worse. The Nets, Sean Marks makes the Wilpons look good. You know, if Wilpons just stood next to Sean Marks all the time, the Wilpons would be loved in this city. Just speak after, because he just says the dumbest stuff ever. He, it's a compare. It's a it's a competition between who's worse, James Dolan or the Nets GM. So I was just the Nets GM said this is like I, I can't even. I, I feel bad even reporting this. It's so bad. It says Sean Marks says Kevin Durant has a very loud voice in all Nets future plans, which is basically code for anything I want to do. Coach or player wise, I'm gonna get Kevin Durant's approval first. Hey, why not just give Kevin Durant the GM job and save the money? Why what, what were we just talking about? Right? We were just talking about you know uh Popovich coming there. So I mean that would have to be probably with Durant's okay. So I don't think he would want a Popovich there. So I don't know if Popovich could handle uh that type of uh situation over there. So well I, I, tell me something would Kevin Durant even be the would he even shouldn't he play a game first before he does anything? Ah, why he's why he's all about he's all about his uh he's all about his uh his stardom now. I mean Durant is one of the greatest basketball players in the game today. There's no doubt about it. But uh I mean I don't know I don't know what's happened to him. I don't know maybe he's always been this way. Maybe it's just he hasn't had the spotlight as much. But uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if Popovich could handle uh, two really loud about me players. Kevin Durant has more power with the Nets than Jordan ever had with the Bulls. I mean, yeah. unbelievable. Kevin yeah. is 
What a God. I can't believe how in love people are with Kevin Durant and how talented they think he is. Kevin Durant is not anything crazy. I mean, I like him. He's a good player, but he spends more time giving his opinion and getting people fired than he does winning titles. And before everyone goes nuts and says, I want a title, he joined a Golden State team that was great already. And I think they already won a title before he got there, too. Oh, man, two, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, a great team. Yeah. So, but hey, listen, Durant is a great basketball player on the floor. Can't take it away from him. But uh, let's not forget I, what Draymond Green said about Durant. He said he is a me guy. Yeah. Not well, a guy. He's showing it. He's definitely yeah, showing it right now. So, you find Sean Marks. I mean, oh, my Lord. I can't even, you know, you think Sean Mark, who comes out, what GM comes out and says that the player is going to make the decisions? Yeah, I mean, I would imagine LeBron James has a lot to say about what's going on in LA now. I would imagine that, you know, uh, the GM coming out and saying it. No, no, why would he? Everybody knows. I don't even know if you can make the comparison because LeBron James is on the court and he's winning games. He's trying to win the MVP and he's trying to win a title. Kevin Durant's off telling people he can't play, but yet he's playing pickup games and riding bikes. Yeah. Full of it. Yeah, I agree. And if he, even if he could play, didn't say even if he could play, he wouldn't play. Wouldn't so. play, yeah. You're a real leader. Let's bring him up. I feel bad for you, Nets. He ain't going to win anytime soon as long as Kevin Durant's playing GM. So. And, and Yeah, and Irving's starting his own league, so there he goes. So. Yeah, I mean, this is, why not? Did you get your tryout letter yet? Yeah, they want me to try out a point guard. I haven't played it in like 40 years, but I still can. I bet I can finish that. Tall, aren't you? How tall are you? No, no, I'm not tall. I'm not tall. I'm an average height. What? Are you six foot? Six foot? Heck no. Hell no. I just look six foot. Are you six foot? No, no, hell no. I'm not even close to six foot. I'm six foot. I'm going in for power forward because I got the weight in there. There you go. They got two members already on the team. The league is almost full. It is. We had 14 leagues. Maybe Matty Ice has a nice touch. He could be our shooting guard, you know. You think he's got touch? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he looks like he's he looks like he got something going on here. I'm not sure what it is, but you know, he's got something. I have to take him to tryouts. All right. So another basketball news. Let's go to the Knicks because it's not a good day if we don't talk about the Knicks, right? So let's see. The Knicks are trying to already think about next year, and who can blame them? Because uh, they've been thinking about next year for the last 10 years. So why not? Usually pretty early, too. Usually like the second month of the season. They're like, yeah, we're looking at the draft. You know, we'll see where. Good. So uh, what do you think about Devin Booker? There's a lot of rumors that the Knicks might try to trade for Devin Booker. He's had an amazing season, put up some big time stats. They really need a guy like him. They don't have a lot of playmakers. He would be the guy coming in right away. He's your number one scoring option right off the bat. Um, he has a relationship with Leon Rose um, when they were, because they're both Kentucky alumnus, a close relationship with the VP, William Wesley. I mean, what do you think about Devin Booker? I mean, you want to talk you, that's a score. If you can get a score right off the bat, that could be your guy. Well, I mean, I don't know how many wins that would add to the Knicks total, but you know, I mean, at least at least you start start to build something solid, man. Now we've talked about this at length and at nausea in some 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 cases. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've got to get a solid team, and and we've got to be able to play together a team. We definitely need a scorer, and and why not? Why not trade for him? I I mean, I don't see anything wrong with. It. I mean, you need a scorer. 
You don't have any. He becomes your 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 instant most points per game guy right off the bat. Yep. Go to in a clutch spot, and with people having to concentrate on guarding him, gives you some time to get the ball over to uh, R.J. Barrett. Maybe free up some lanes for him to do some. Yeah. So I don't see a problem. And another thing they're looking at, I know that this is the one thing that worries me that the uh, Knicks are looking at. You know, they're preparing for the draft. And they're looking at LaMelo Ball. And I don't know why all the ball kids just don't do it for me. Lonzo uh, doesn't do it for me. His father's more nuts than Irving. Talking about he's better than Jordan. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? LaMelo Ball. You think one of the ball kids can really be a superstar in this league? I mean, I, I don't see it. I mean, I, I, I'm, well, it depends on your opinion of a star. I mean, you know, is he, is he going to be a... Is he going to be? A, is he going to be a Zion? Is he going to be? You know, yeah. you know. No, of course not. So, I mean, I mean, listen. If if there's a place, I don't know. You know, I really don't know how the Knicks draft anymore. I don't know how they draft anymore. I mean, I would imagine you would have some kind of strategy where you want to work, where you're going to build your team at. I don't even know if they do that anymore. Uh, have, says they have flat and all, <laughs> flat and all about. Let me, let me, you know what amazes me is that the last time the Knicks made the playoffs were 2013. Right. That's a long time ago. Sure. How did not make the playoffs since 2013, which means you had a lot of lottery picks and you have the roster you have right now. Yeah. So much for tanking. It's coach. It's listen, it's management and coaching. It's that simple. You can't, you can't bring in managers that aren't going to bring in good coaches. You can't bring in, Vice president of operations that doesn't help the manager. The manager it starts from the top and it works its way down. It affects the team and affects your decisions on who you draft, who you're scouting, who your coaches to put the team together. They're, they've been unorganized for such a long time and they haven't paid for it yet. You've got people that are still going to Madison Square Garden. They're still selling out the Knicks games, even though they stink. And and until that changes, until people start demanding. Not us being upset and saying something, you know, on, on, on air or in print. Tell people that even the stars that go to these games, which is hurting us right now, stay home. Let Make the Knicks know that, hey, listen, either get something going or, or please don't sell the team. I mean, it's, it's just amazing to me that seven years of lottery picks and we're still in the lottery. <clears throat> do, you, do you notice in all sports, Jim, the good teams, the great teams that stay good all the time, they're always up in the draft. And why? Because they got a great, great team. So they don't need these buster, number one bust, try to get this guy to help. Them. they got a solid team and they yeah, stay there. PMs too. I mean, how often yeah. do you see a team exactly. who, who has a run at the title? Maybe they fall a little short and then they turn around and have a lottery pick anyway. Right. Exactly. PMs. And the Knicks have been changing personnel Constantly. so much that they don't have any good, you know, you don't have anything to build around. And speaking of which, the Knicks are still looking for their next coach. So they've had Kidd, Thibodeau, Hardy, LeBray, who I don't even know who that is. Patrick Ewing came out and gave Thibodeau his endorsement. Now, I don't know kind of weight that carries with the Knicks. I saw, I saw fire. I saw a firestorm today about you and them. You and Staten, he gave it his his all, his blood, his sweat, and that's all he's given him. And I, I don't know exactly what the argument. I don't know if somebody tipped off somebody or something, but 
But there was a firestorm about people coming to Patrick's defense and Pat putting quotes out on uh, what Patrick said and stuff. So something happened somewhere. I didn't see the article or nothing that made that happen. Maybe because he came up with Thibodeau and somebody said something against that. I don't know. But there was a firestorm out there today on, on, on Nick's. On Nick's media about how could anybody be upset with Patrick Ewing? He did give his all when he was here. What more do you want? He, he carried the team. Really, he carried the team. Without Patrick Ewing, he would have had no playoffs with the Knicks. You ain't had a good team, if we're being honest, except for that one year with Carmelo. You ain't had a good team since Patrick left. I agree. Agree 100%. I mean, if it wasn't for that, I hate to bring it up again. If it wasn't for that oh, finger roll. Finger roll. I, I, I know. I hate saying it, man. I hate saying it because that doesn't Patrick Career. It's just one thing. You know, there are a million, there are a million other instances you can look at in Knicks playoff histories that led to their demise. You can look at John Stark's game seven performance that led to their demise. There's so many different little things you can point I out. I agree. I agree, but with such a great, you know, it's like Casey at the bat in Mudville, you know, the biggest power hitter in the game, and he strikes out when when they did it at most. And and I I, I no, you're talking. Yeah, I mean it, everything is. Everything's got its purpose, but Patrick gave his all. He carried the team. Centers to ever play the game. There was no number. You can't name a number two worthy uh, 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 that would be a number two on the next one Patrick played. You had Oakley, who was a great rebounder. You had Starks, who, who either was on hot and on fire, or he could be cold as, as all outdoors. Their point guards were average to above average. I mean, they really had no other person that, they, that Patrick Ewing could – they could say, give him the ball. He's, he's going to score. You know, we didn't have that. We didn't have a Scottie Pippen. No. We didn't have, you know, we didn't have nothing like that. So, I mean, for the Knicks to go as far as they did to the finals and, and to play the Bulls like they did, that was, you know, 80, 70% Patrick Ewing. Absolutely. Absolutely. But what do you, do you think his endorsement carries a lot of weight? I don't James Dolan doesn't seem to really care much about his past players. Well, you know, you saw what happened to Oakley. You know, he just threw him out of the stadium forcibly with eight guys. I mean, you know, so I mean, that's a former player that that played his tail off for the Knicks. So, yeah, Dolan, uh, you know, that's that's like talking about the Will Ponds. Well, Alex said that MSG is dedicating the whole week to Patrick Ewing. So maybe that's, there's so much stuff coming up right now. It's Patrick's week in the NFL, in the NBA on excellent. MSG. I'm so, glad to see uh, You know, I don't know what's going to happen. I think, I think it's got to be down to Thibodeau and Kidd. Unless there's something we're not seeing here, I think kid would be a mistake if you're doing it solely for the purpose of hoping to get the guy from Milwaukee. Well, this you know you never know with the Dolans. I I don't know. I I think they would pick somebody like Chris Fleming. You know, he was assistant with the Nuggets. He he was with the Nets and the Bulls. And in Germany, in Germany, he led his club to four four championships. Now that sounds like a Dolan pick to me. You know I'm saying like an absolute Dolan pick, or maybe, so, or maybe Spurs assistant Will Hardy. <laughs> right, right. So I'm, I'm taking odds right now. This is like fifty to one. I'm going with Chris Fleming as the choice of the New York Knicks head coach. That's my hire Chris Fleming as the coach. I will not talk about the Knicks on this show until Chris Fleming actually himself comes on. Okay, I, okay, that's cool. And I mean, it'll be popular in Germany if he gets hired. So you know, I mean, that's great. Get some extra viewers, maybe. Maybe do you think The Rock is in the mood to coach? Like The Rock, like maybe take a break from acting and come coach the Knicks. Well, I mean, he, he he could probably play GM pretty good for us. I mean, can't be that, worse. I mean, there you go. You know, there you go. Made they have lottery picks for seven, eight years, and they haven't done anything with them. 
Exactly. Exactly. It's sort of like this. You know. I love RJ Barrett because I'm a Duke fan, but right. mean, it's seven years. Your best pick right now is RJ Barrett. Right. And not that RJ Barrett's a bad basketball oh, but player. But it's just like, where are all the other lottery pick guys? Exactly. Like exactly. Nikita's. I mean, ugh. I mean, come on. Frank, yep. I love you, but what is, what is uh, Phil Jackson thinking? What is he thinking? He's thinking about all the money the Knicks gave him for doing nothing. That's what he's thinking. Best player we had went over to Dallas. That's right. That's great again. That's right. I, you know, yeah. Why don't we just bring Carmelo back and let's let him hang out? Yeah, well, we could. I guess he would probably be the best. Six-year-old Chris Paul. That's a great You player. know, they could be the best players on the team right now. Uh, him and Chris. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's things are going – things are just – they're bad. They're bad. They're bad for both local teams. I know the Nets fans are yes. are exciting are excited because they're going to the playoffs possibly. But let's face it. Are the Nets going to win the title without – Durant, Irving, and possibly no Dinwiddie? No. No Dinwiddie? No. Not if he sits out. Nope. They're in the first round. But don't worry, because no matter who they hire, it'll have Kevin Durant's stamp of approval. That's right. Maybe he should just be player coach like Bill Russell was. Right? Bill Russell was player coach for – Did he player coach and GM at the same time? Why not? I mean, if you're that good, you could, I guess, right? I mean, he could be the player, the coach. He could make the decisions. And you got, you know, you're paying the player to be three different things. I mean, you know, you, could save, also, you should save a little money that way because I would think you kind of, you don't give him full price coaching and GM duties because he's got to have an assistant up there that he can call. He's not doing the whole thing himself. Yeah. I, well, hey, listen, I mean, listen, Bill Russell did it and he won a few championships when he playing with the Celtics. And, you know, who knows? I mean, well, Anyway, on basketball, and I'll, one closing comment from Alex. He says, "Speaking of the Spurs, why not hire Becky Hammond? Uh, that'd be a you know a huge jump to take a to make a woman head coach. I mean, I get a lot of press. I tell you that yeah. a lot of got a lot of press. You know, she's been an assistant. I mean, I assume they made her assistant so one day she could coach. I have no problem with Becky Hammond. Bring her on down. I mean, why not?" What's the, I mean, how bad could she possibly be? She'd probably do a great job. I mean, can't be worse than the guys we got now. I mean, right? I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I listen. She came in as a coach. I think, I think last year, the coach that, that, that was our coach last year did a decent job at the end. I don't know. I, I thought he did okay. All right. All right. Well, just so you know, uh, I just want to throw this in back on because we've been following the breaking news story of Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes' contract over the next 12 years basically comes out to $427.6 million, which makes him the largest contract in American professional sports, just eking out Mike Trout, who is currently has a 12-year $426.5 million. So Mahomes, by $1 million, has the largest contract in American sports history. Well, I'm wondering, was that the goal? I mean, might have been. I mean, you know, it's so close. I mean, we're talking about one. I mean, did, did, the, did the agent there go in there and check all the sports, you know, the contracts and find out what the top one was and was going to give him a dollar more? And that's but there I mean, is that's, a difference. Uh, there is one difference that you need to take note of. Mike Trout's 12 years, $426.5 million contract is fully guaranteed. So he's nice? getting all four hundred and twenty-six point five million dollars. Patrick right. Holmes four twenty-seven point five is or point six is not fully guaranteed. 
Well, nope. We don't know that yet. We know. We pretty much know that. Now, if Kansas City guaranteed $427 million in the sport of football, they need to have their head examined. Uh, that, they couldn't afford that. Because football, that. you're one injury away from being done. So, them contracts go up and down, as we talked about before. But I'm sure that that came up. Like, let me get one million more than my man. I, I would think so. I would think so. I got respect for Mike Trout because he's he decided to re-sign and finish his career with the team that drafted him when he could have easily played two more years and any team in the league would have wanted him. Could have went well, to listen, the Dodgers, the Yankees, could game anywhere. $426 million is nothing to sneeze at. Though. No, but anyone would have paid him that. The Yankees would have paid him that. The Dodgers would have paid him that. He stayed loyal. And that you don't see in sports all the time. So I'm going to be loyal to the team that drafted me. Even though yeah, it's good, it's good. I I I understand. You gotta I have more respect for that. You never see that in sports ever, ever. You go. You know you're, no. you're thinking to yourself, well, he only did it because of the money. No, that's not true. Because you're uh, gonna tell me that Mike Trout at age 29 wouldn't have got the same offer from the Yankees or the Dodgers, or oh, oh, of course, well, at least at least pretty close. Right. I, just, I was trying. I was trying to think of the modern day people that stuck with their team, you know, for that long. Brady was one of them. Of course, he moved on. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to respect the somebody that wants. Marty Williams, when he was a Yankee, almost left. Oh, a yeah. lot of people almost left. went to Boston. Yeah, a lot of people almost left. So I mean, <laughs> he had loyalty. He didn't even yeah. he didn't even get to the point to test the market. He just resigned. Well, Derek Jeter, there's one. There you go. Derek right. Jeter almost was gone too. I'm just saying he, he didn't want to. Oh, no, Derek Jeter didn't want to be. He stuck. He stuck with the team the whole year, the whole the whole time through. So, yeah. but I have a lot of respect for Trout. So, yeah, definitely, definitely as a player. So, we got to get to hockey news. But let me just say, you're listening to the Big Guy Sports Radio Network, covering all your New York sports. We are live Monday, Tuesday, four to six; Wednesday, five to seven; Saturday and Sunday, eight thirty to ten thirty a.m. We are. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. At the Big Guy Sports, also on LinkedIn. If you want to, you know, share your professional profile with us, you can do that too. Um, before, before, before you hit to, to hockey, Jim, I, I I was looking at something. I think you sent me something on Alex Klein, uh, the scout for the for the uh, Knicks. Yeah, who, uh, talk about him, and then I was thinking about saving it for another day. He's a young okay. guy working for the Knicks who graduated in top of his class and doing a lot of things and probably the best guy to ever run the team. And then I saw that he can't buy the team and it saddened me. So (laughs) well, yeah, definitely we'll talk about him again because it it is pretty interesting. Yeah. He is a, his guy and Alex is, you know, you know, foaming at the mouth here to get in. So, you know, uh, Alex, if he could call when we get to the Rangers, you can call to give an opinion or quote or talk Rangers, but I can't do like 20 minutes on the phone, you know, <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, I just it would be like having Bob Aramon talking to Ranger. <laughs> well, I think he wants to be our Ranger insider, which could be a position. That would be great. That would be great. I think I, I think we should go down the down the line. So I mean, because he yeah. writes for us and everything, there's always room. So anyway, let's get to the start of the hockey news. So the first thing and most important before we get to any other hockey news and before we open up the phone lines, to Alex is they're in the final protocols for for to resume. Edmonton and Toronto, we've talked about this. But I have a little concern because now hockey was originally supposed to start around the same time as baseball. Now they're talking about dropping the puck on the 1st of August because now a couple of the camps have closed because of coronavirus. 
Every time you start closing camps and people are not working out or, you know, you risk pushing the date. And the more you risk pushing the date, the more you risk not playing at all. You know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. you got to ask yourself, if hockey, and I, I think I said this yesterday, but if hockey, basketball, and baseball cannot get through two months of a season, if they cannot play two months of a season, how in the world do they ever expect to play a full season starting in October? It's a good question. It's a good question. Great question. I mean, you get what I'm saying out here on basically. Yeah, yeah. He's saying if they don't get through this, if they cancel hockey, let's say they don't make it through the thing and they cancel the NBA, you might as well just not play till 2020, till late 2021. Because you're not starting in October. Because if you can't keep people safe when you're minimal around, how are you going to keep them safe when they've got to travel all over the country? I, well, they're not going to really travel all over the country. I mean, they're going to go to them two hub cities. Right, but uh, when you to, if you can't keep the safe in the two hub cities, when you right. do a full schedule, you can't play in two hub cities. You're going to have people – you're going to drop the puck at 4 a.m.? Who the hell's going to watch that? That's true. That's true. That's true. You know, and you know, Jim. Back, back. I, I, I again, what we talked about, I think, a little bit uh, last show. You're going to have more positives. It's going to happen. There's more tests out there available, especially the teams. And there's something else. We were locked down for such a long time, and the virus was still out there. And now we're all going back outside again. So guess what? The, the cases, the, the positive tests are going to go up again because we're all in our houses. Uh, hiding from the virus. Right, but so you got to ask yourself, with the cases spiking what? everywhere, should we just call it a day? Well, wait, wait, Jim. What? A lot of teams, for instance, the Yankees, they had two people that tested positive, but that was not at Yankees, and that was before they went in. LeMay and Sessa. Yeah. Right, too. That's it. But that was at home. So all these great Yankees reported, and nobody, nobody has a virus according to what they have yeah, right now. waiting for the next round of tests. Right, Exactly. What I worry about with basketball and hockey, big time, mm-hmm. is that you're keeping everybody together in one area. And when you do that and you have no circulation, no air, nothing to prevent the virus from spreading, it's like a little it's like a little bomb, a combustion bomb, where if the virus gets in there, it's going to hit everybody because there's nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest thing that concerns me about playing in hubs or playing in Disneyland and stuff like that. That concerns me a lot. Well, just to give you, not to get off the subject, we are talking hockey, but breaking news, yes, yes. Uh, Alexander said that Adam Scheffner's reporting $140 million guaranteed at a 450. Yes. So as we were just saying, Mike Trout, 426 guaranteed. Pat Mahomes, 140. He might have right. got $8 million more. But I'm willing to give a safe bet right now that he'll never earn what Trout earns on that contract. Because they'll ask him to renegotiate it at some point. So we're talking 140. That's that's about a quarter. A quarter is guaranteed of what he was all guaranteed. Exactly. So so this contract, even though it's a big contract, isn't so big now, is it? Over 10 years. It's $140 million for 10 years. All right. So basically. They're paying him the first three and a half years. So if he was to get injured, God forbid, or anything happened in the first three and a half years, and they could get out of the rest, 
they only really paid him for three and a half years for sure. Which is nice for three and a half years, right? But anyway, I just we could chew on that more tomorrow. So interesting note about the hockey. They're looking to begin games on April 1st. They've announced that the Eastern Conference, Rangers, Islanders, Flyers, stuff like that, will play in Toronto. The Western Conference will play in Edmonton. Uh, also, they players have the right, like in every sport, to opt out with no penalty, and they don't even have to give a reason. But the deadline to opt out is tomorrow at 5 o'clock. Yeah, so you got to make up your mind quick. They said family members. Well, I'm sure – once they heard that hockey was coming back, I'd have to imagine that a lot of players were sitting down discussing it with their families right away. I don't think they waited till now. Um, family members will not be able to join the players unless their team makes the conference finals. So once you get down to four teams, then they can go. Uh, according to the document, all individuals shall maintain physical distancing, six feet distance at all times throughout phase four. That's the dumbest rule I've ever heard. Can't play hockey with six foot distancing, I'm just saying, which includes being on planes and buses and restaurants and in social circumstances. So, you know, basically, hey, you know, we'll talk through walkie talkies when we're on the plane. That's dumb, too. Um, just going down the dumb stuff here. <laughs> the league will provide face coverings, though individuals may bring their own, and they must be worn at all times. Players do not need to wear face coverings while exercising, and coaches do not need to wear it on the bench. If teams do not comply with the protocols, it could lead to significant financial penalties and potential loss of draft picks. Uh, just uh, just uh, thinking about this, I wonder how many hockey players will choose to play with the full mask, the screen that goes over the mask. Not on their face, just cover that. I wonder how yeah. many do that this year. Good question. I mean, it's, that'll be, uh, I guess, does that affect you? I mean, you play hockey before. Oh, they you? already play with that, some players. Right. They get hit in the face with the puck. A lot of right, players right. that things. They're not adding anything. It's part of the equipment if you want to use it. There you go. There you go, man. So, I mean, I... I guess that uh, football, they, they could wear shields too in their face mask, right? I mean, yeah. Well, football, oh, some players do wear the shields. The problem is the shield doesn't cover down by the mouth. The shield covers by the eyes. In in hockey, the shield goes all the way down. The shield, right? You're already covered. Yeah, you're already covered. You know, you know. So maybe when they get in a fight, hopefully someone won't spit on somebody or anything like that. Right. I don't know about this whole six feet distancing thing. It's, you know, you know what? What are you talking about? It's hockey. Yeah, like telling football players six foot this. Oh, oh, Saquon's coming. Hey, go ahead. Right? I'll tell you. You know, I mean, they they for for all they know, no player has opted out yet. From what I've what I've read, right? A lot, a bunch of baseball players. Every day you see another one or two, but not hockey yet. No, find out tomorrow at five o'clock. You know what's going to happen? I I I'm sure you'll get a few. You know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, there's a lot, and, and you read part of it. There's a lot of concerns, and it's not just about the virus. I mean, if you think about it, Jim, I was in the military for six years, right? And sometimes you go on a temporary duty, and and you're away from your family for you know four to six months, and it's hard. And these people that have kids, that have wives, that maybe have older people that depend on them in certain circumstances, they're going to be gone. They're going to be gone for months. And it's not going to just be, you know, are we worried about them getting the virus from bringing it home? A lot of families are going to have a lot of problems as they do uh, in the military with people leaving and not coming back in a while. It's going to be hard on the, on the families as well as the players. Uh, hockey, I think, has a different 
attitude than most sports. They're, they seem to be tougher mentally and physically in a lot of ways, and maybe this way too. But it is going to hurt a little bit on their and their family uh, relationships. Yeah. Well, I know. I know. You know. It's good to get hockey back. I know. Justin and Alex are really looking forward to getting some hockey going. Um, <laughs> according to this, the the teams must submit their list of participating players no later than July 9th. So we'll know by the end of the week of who's playing and who's not playing and who's going to be on the roster, which is good news, you know, because you start to get some news. It's good. It keeps things flowing, you know, gets you closer to realizing, hey, we might play because if we're being honest, there's still there's still a lot of uh, people out there. You know, if you follow social media that believe the sports will never get off the ground, like there are still a lot of people that believe baseball, basketball, hockey and football will all be canceled before they ever actually play a game that matters. It's possible. That could be true. That could be true. It's That's possible. I feel like I got to let Alex call in now. Now, Alex, yeah, let him come on and give you the number. But. Don't be if you're if you ask a question or comment, that's great. Don't don't flood the air with Ranger fanboys or all my devils and Islander fans. Just hang up on me forever. So, Alex, if you want to call in 732-716-2606, we'll see. We'll, we'll get some Ranger insight from us. This is dangerous. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm interested. And give you some insight. It's gonna be all positive. I need to I'm very interested because you know, I I'm gonna be rooting for the Rangers, even though I'm not as big a hockey fan as a lot of people. But since I'm a New York guy, I like the Giants. I like the Yankees. Well, I want to ask, ask Alex a question. I do. Okay. Question for Alex when he calls. I got it. Here we go. He's calling. Gets here to phone ring. This is like amazing. How you doing, Alex? Welcome to the Big Guys Sports Radio Show. How's it going? Hey, how you doing? How you doing, Jim? How you been? Good. You're on with Mac too. Say hello, Mac. Is exciting to hear you. Hey, Mac. What's up, bud? Where are you? Hey, how you doing? What city? Scarsdale, New York, and Westchester County. Excellent, excellent. All right, so what do you got from us? Tell us some Ranger news, and then I do have a Ranger question for you. But what do you got? What you, you got? Questions, comments? Lay it on us. Well, I think. Well, what I was going to say was, having followed the Rangers the last few days, you know, I'm first of all, I have, I'm happy to say, happy to hear the CBA is is uh, been signed tentatively. But I'm also, like you said, I'm still having my concerns of whether or not the season's going to get off the ground. Or this playoff tournament. But having said that, as a hockey fan in general, I'm just hoping this playoff tournament can get uh, can get going. Because as long as the playoffs get going, that's a sense to me that not only is sports coming back, but it's a sense of a sort of normalcy returning. If you get what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Why I, I agree with you. I'm looking forward to getting hockey off the ground. Yeah, I think you're 100% right. I think once you get once you get everybody actually playing, people's nerves will calm down. Like everyone's so scared about what's going to happen when they play. But once you get a few games in, I think people will be like, oh, you know, this feels normal again, especially for the players. So I agree. Let me ask you a Ranger question. We'll get you a Ranger here while we have you for a few. I want to know, because this comes up a lot on the show, who – for the Rangers, who should start in net, Igor or Lundqvist? Well, here's the thing. If I'm David Quinn, the coach of the Rangers, that's a good question, but I'm actually going to start with Igor. I know people are saying that you should start. Some people are going to say you should start Hank because he's 4-0 the season against Carolina. But the thing is, if you look at Igor Shesterkin, 
he's had what we of all three goaltenders the Rangers have had. You start ego. I mean, think about it. He's not. He's finished the season nine and two up until the pause of the schedule, and I really think he's really the best option you go to. And the way I see, it, if I'm David Quinn, the head coach of the Rangers, you start ego for game one. If that doesn't work, you can easily go to Hank for game two. That's what I was telling people. Hey, hey, I, I got a question for I got a question. I got a question. Okay, hey Alex, now we're we're gonna go up against right. We're going we're playing against the Hurricanes here in the in the in the uh, in the playoff game here, and uh, we we beat them. We are four and zero against the Hurricanes regular season, and playoffs and regular season are are a lot different. But we still should have some kind of a, a mental edge here. Do you think we we're gonna have no problem with the Hurricanes? Or do you think they're gonna they're gonna give us a real good game? Here's the thing with Carolina. From what I've been watching with the Rangers this season, yes, the Rangers are four and zero against Carolina. But one, all Rangers fans and all of hockey fans have to remember, there are two things. One is with Carolina, all the games were close games. All the games were close, and Carolina has had, you know, they're going to get one player back that I think is going to be a big help for them on defense, and that's Dougie Hamilton, who I don't know, I don't believe played in any games against the Rangers this season. The other thing you have to remember with the Hurricanes that does, I admit, worry me is that the fact that anytime the Hurricanes get in the playoffs, and this goes back to, I think, 2002, is that the Hurricanes, whenever they're in the playoffs, they seem to go on a deep, deep run. Just think about it. Oh, 2002, they go to the conference final. 2006, they win the Stanley Cup. 2009, conference final. And in 2000, just last year, they go back to the conference final. And these are all years where Carolina... What made it to the players like a lower seed? If you get what I'm saying, Mac. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey. Hey, before before we let you run, and Alex is going to join us more when we get closer to the season as our as our Ranger insider here. He's going to join us, especially when we get really close to like a week before, and we're kicking it off and we'll bring him in after every game for a little segment and let him give us some feedback if he's willing to come on after every game he writes for us on the art website so we're going to bring him on as much as possible especially once they drop the damn puck which i'm yeah, yeah. tired of waiting for right? so, Jim, let's hope so. you know i'm watching old videos from john leclair today for my flyers i dropped the puck oh, there is a boom line, right? let me give a happy birthday shout out to john leclair part of the Flyers Legion <laughs> Doom line while we're at it because we give him birthday shout-outs today, and it is his birthday. Well, well so. think about this, Jim. Think about this. In 1997, if you remember my memory correctly, the Rangers actually played against John LeClaire in the conference final, if you guys remember that, because mm -hmm. that's when Gretzky and Messi and the Rangers went up in the conference finals against the Flyers. Now, granted, obviously for you, Jim, the Flyers ended up winning the conference finals, I believe, in five games. But the Rangers still were not even supposed to be in that conference final, if you recall. Because the Rangers had to escape what was then the defending conference champion, Florida Panthers, if you can believe that. And then they had to escape a five-game series in a rematch with the Devils, if you can believe that. And I don't, unfortunately, Jim, I don't remember what the whole Flyer series was in 97. But I do know that Legion of Doom line was really good with Eric Lindros, who I know at center Michael eventually Rimber. became a Ranger. He, mm -hmm. he became a Ranger one, a couple years later. I know LeClaire was a winger, but I, for whatever reason, I don't know who the other winger Mikhail was. On the Renberg. Flyers. Michael Renberg was the other uh, 
the other lineman on the Legion. Well, that's why it was Lenberg. For some reason, for some reason, I keep thinking it's Mark Recky for some reason. No, he, <laughs> came late. he was there. He came a little bit later. He was there still with Lindros, and we had Brenda Moore. And it brings back a lot of painful memories only because of the fact that the Flyers had the talent to win the Cup and never did. They went to play, they went to play the Red Wings in the Cup Finals and got swept. So, but you know what's also funny about that conversation? If I may say one more thing really quick. Mm-hmm. That whole 97 playoff, from a Rangers standpoint, Rangers fans always seem to forget that 97 playoff, whole playoff one, the Rangers always wore, the, if you remember, the Statue of Liberty jerseys for the road games. I don't think that was actually one road game that year, but the Rangers actually wore their true blue jerseys, which was which, which the kind of jersey you see on the ice, the Garden. Blood, as a matter of fact. They always wore those nice Statue of Liberty jerseys. I think you know what I'm talking about, yeah. right, Mac and Jim? so well let me so we're gonna look forward to having you but before i let you run just tell everyone you run a alex runs a besides writing for us and now coming on to talk rangers which like i said as soon as the puck drops we'll get him in here as much as we can to discuss what we saw the night before he also runs a facebook group dedicated to minor league hockey which is a unique niche niche because uh, there's not a lot of minor league hockey groups out there. You know, it's not followed as much as like minor league baseball would be, unfortunately. So just tell everyone the name of your group because it'll be, even if they're not listening now, it'll be on recording for them to listen to later. And maybe, you know, some people will go and check it out. The group is called, all to all hockey fans and sports fans out there, the ultimate group of minor league hockey fans. I created this group because, you know, minor league hockey is just as good as minor league baseball, you might say. For example, I like to go around minor league hockey games because my dad, believe it or not, is a Rangers season ticket holder, but I can't go to every game at the Garden. So what I like to do sometimes is I like to go to minor league hockey games. And, Mac, you know what I'm talking about about this. I like to go to Bridgeport to see the Rangers quarantine play, the Islanders quarantine that plays in both Hartford and Bridgeport. So it occurred to me, occurred to me saying to myself, hmm, maybe I can get minor league hockey a little more exposure if I signed up that's the Smiley Hockey page going. And because I'm already part of a Rangers fan page, who we talk a lot, well, a lot, excuse me, about the Hartford Wolfpack, which I know Mac plays around you, which is the AHL farm yeah. team of the Rangers, I thought to myself, yep. why not the fan page get, a little, get the AHL and the ECHL a little more exposure? Excellent. Well, it's great, great. Check that out, people. We will. Uh... We will give a shout out to that on our new website when it comes out as well. Alex, thank you for calling in. Alex, you did a great job, buddy. Yeah, we will catch up with you uh, as we get closer to hockey season. All right, Jim, Mike, it's a pleasure to meet you guys over the phone. I look forward to seeing you guys soon. Have a great day, guys. Take care, bud. Thank you. So there's Alex calling in with Hockey Insider, which is what we need. And I got to get Pat in here one day to call in with – you know, little devil insider because Pat is Mr. Devil. So <clears throat> speaking of the devils, I want to move on to the devils here. And the devils are looking for a new coach. So they, they're all over the place. I don't know what's going on. So the devils are, they last, they just interviewed Lindy Ruff, the New York Ranger assistant coach. Everybody knows Lindy Ruff spent a long time at Buffalo, 15 seasons, had some really good years, some really good Buffalo teams that could have won some cups. Spent four years with the Dallas Stars, his sixth all-time in career wins, seventh in games coached. Um, you know, there's been a lot of different names being thrown around, but nobody seems to want to talk about the guy that, you know, took over for them in the interim, Alain Nesredin. He guided them to a 19-6-8 record, 
before the season was shut down. So it seems to be rough. Nesradine, Galliant, Peter Lavalette, who the Flyer fans know very well, and John Stevens. Um, you know, rough is uh Ruff's not bad. Ruff had some great years in Buffalo. What do you think? Do you think they should go with uh you like bringing in the old vet Ruff or you you want him to see him go somewhere younger? I I, I think uh from what I read, Nezardine is the, the rumored the rumored leader there. He did a great job. I mean, I would stick with, with with him definitely. I mean, he was a coach of the Devils already, but didn't he have like a 19 and 16 and 8 record? Yeah, saying that right? The interim and was three games over 500 and I, Team was playing better. I don't know if you know. I don't know. I don't know what they look at. I mean, I mean, Gallant Gallant did lead the the Golden Knights to the Stanley Cup, so I mean, he is a proven that he has that he has been able to take. And I think weren't they a, a expansion team at the time? So if I'm saying it right, so I think he would be. That's a guy that can bring into the cup. He's he's experienced and he has a. He seems to be able to guide a team. But I do. I, I I'm hoping other team keeps the job. Well, the, the the Devils have a lot of young talent. It's just a matter of them waiting for it to gel. You know, that's what it all comes down to. The Devils, so, hockey's one of those sports that you get a couple young guys in there, and then you bring in some. You know, it's not like other sports where it's like you know you bring in that one star, and that's you know, and that's it. In hockey, it's like you bring in that one really good player, and then a lot of role players, and then you get a couple really good young studs, and then you you know you skyrocket. That's what makes that's what makes hockey such a great sport is that the teams, the, the way the teams are built, it's not like, uh, you know, like an NBA, you have like, you know, oh, well, let, you know, let's get Le, Le Bosch and LeBron and Wade, and then they go and win multiple titles. In hockey, you can't really do that. You know what I mean? You're not, you know, you're, you're not going to bring in, you're not going to be able to bring in Crosby and bring in uh, Ovechkin. You know what I mean? And even if you did, it's not going to guarantee a cup. Hockey's so, you know, hockey is so mu- is so much more of a competitive sport. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, like, you know, a lot of different lines going in a lot of different players too, right, Jim? So it's more of a team sport. You got not, not bought. You can't buy it. Right. And your basketball team, you got mainly, you know, if you got three three great players out of the ten with supporting That's supporting fun. roles, you can build a team. And hockey, you can't do that. And football is very difficult to do that. So I mean, any big team sport like that. Is 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 very hard to to put together and gel together, and that's why I, I did look when I read about uh, you know Gallant taking uh, the Las Vegas Knights to the Stanley Cup. I said you know as a, as an expansion team, that's it's some good coaching. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those things. I'm trying to get some. Uh, I want to read off some numbers here for you because I know we like to touch base sometimes on the uh, on the the betting side of sports. So. The favorite to win the cup is the Boston Bruins. They're plus 650. They're the favorite to win the cup. Tampa Bay is also plus 650. So if you want to call them equal, Colorado and Vegas are plus 800, three and four. The Capitals are plus 900. And right there at number six, give me my Flyers plus a thousand. See there? I tell you, they're in the mix. So then you got the Bruins. The, the Rangers are plus 4,300. So they're one of the bottom teams. The Islanders are plus forty three hundred. So they put them the same. About the same. Yeah, yeah. At the, they put them at the bottom. So the same. Um, well, they're they're playing that they're playing that one game playoff. Yeah, they weren't going to be in. Yeah. If, uh, 
you know, Alexander mentioned, I know it's not hockey, just said that NBA is thinking about moving from Orlando going north. We'll have to look into that and talk tomorrow. I don't know where they're going to Don't come to New York. <laughs> I don't know where they're going to go. New York is as dirty as it gets right now. I mean, I don't know where else where else you're going to send them. But unless you send them to Buffalo or something, I don't even know. Where you, I don't. Well, where could you send them? Like where? I don't know. Where in the north do they have the same amount of amount of courts as they have right. in the Orlando complex? Where and, the and the facilities to 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 hold a bubble. You know, I I don't know. I Are don't they, know whether the YMCA where there's like maybe the YMCA has two courts. I mean. I know I I would have no idea how they would do that. I need to see some articles on that to find out, you know, where they're going to send them. Uh, Justin's back. I think Justin left for like a half hour and came back just to tell me the Flyers are getting smoked. Justin, you missed Alex come on as a Ranger expert. We just did like fifteen minutes on Rangers, and you you missed it. But yeah, he did a great job too, man. Yeah, he, he did. Hard to hit two thousand K cases of COVID. Yeah, I mean, it's not for me. I'm not thinking of it from the COVID perspective. I'm thinking about who could host that many teams. Because what made Orlando look good is that they were going to be able to play three or four games sometimes if they needed to at the same time. I mean, two games if they needed to at the same. I don't know where you would do that here. You're going to play in the middle of Brooklyn outside. I mean, we're you know the fans would mob that game. It'd well, you would, you would you would first have to find a. a building that, that I, I imagine you could find a building somewhere that could do something like that but then you have to all the logistics of having people live there and and house there and and the, uh, that is i mean disney that was the only choice and that's the only one they they didn't have a backup plan they really didn't so i mean not you know, one no I, I never heard of a backup what was the backup plan i never heard of one there wasn't two there was never two places that they were working on they were going to go you know espn disney or nothing that's I, I guess I don't. I mean, I would think so. I mean, I'm trying to get some news on that because that's news to me, you know. But I don't know where they would, uh, you know, where they would go. I mean, oh. I that's hard to even think of. I mean, New York, where up north, Canada, maybe they could do I, like hockey. Maybe Canada will hold all the sports this year. <laughs> all right. So yeah. Final note is it's it's ten years, four hundred fifty million. For Mahomes, 140 guaranteed. Over the 12 seasons, he'll be paid 477 million. So it's actually it's actually 51 million more than the deal Trout got. But again, as we've already stated, Trout's getting all that money. Mahomes is not guaranteed. So right. Think of it as you will. It is what it is. Kansas City, Kansas City is all in with Mahomes. It's a nice contract, right? I mean, the guaranteed. You can't. I mean, how can you guarantee it when he could, you know, go at his first game and get hurt? I mean, that would be too big of a risk. Get the forty, four hundred and forty. What? Is that that's not too bad? Would you take one hundred and forty? Oh, I'm saying that 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 would be why they wouldn't give him a guarantee any bigger than that. You know, so I really, Jim, if you think about it, it's four years at at one hundred and forty is still uh, a guarantee is still a lot of money. And in another note too, I don't know if you saw the uh, the Major League Baseball canceled the All Star Game. I've never been happier. Yeah. I could care less about the All Star Game. I can I can care less about any All Star Game oh, in, so the in any sport. The only thing I like about if you put all of them together, because the Pro Bowl is the worst. That's terrible. That terrible. The basketball they don't play defense. The the only thing I like in all the All Star Games is two things. 
I like the home run derby for baseball, and I like the skills competition for hockey. Not when they're yeah. actually playing the games, when they're doing the other stuff. That's yeah. entertaining to me. Outside of that, I don't care. <clears throat> I'll tell you, I, I the last time I watched a Pro Bowl and saw people weren't hitting anybody, I, I just don't get it. Put the flags on and have at it. You know, I, I, I don't get it. <laughs> it is, they, you know, they just move them to the side. And I don't yeah, know what you saw about um, throwing another thing before we get to the next topic. I don't know if you saw that some of the MLB teams today closed down their camps mm-hmm. because the MLB is not holding up their hand to the bargain on the fast testing results. Yeah, yeah. there you so, go. Well, we came in, we got tested on Friday, and it's Monday, and you said 24 to 48 hours. It's Monday. We don't have the results. Yeah, there you go. So the GM said, I'm going to send the players home for the day, and we'll bring them back when I know it's safe. There you go. So that's interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. You're going to have bumps. You're going to have bumps in the road all through this, Jim. Yeah. So, I mean, and Alexander says uh, the in MLS, Dallas will not play in the MLS tournament because of positive COVID-19 testing. Hey, listen, overseas, they're having a great time right now. That's all I know. I don't know. There's a, there's a, there's a, a part of me, it scares me to say this, but it's just how I feel. There's a part of me that just, for some reason believes this country is headed for a second shutdown at some point of all of us. And that for some reason, I just, I will be shocked if any of the sports make it through the season shocked. It may be with the way the rules are. None of them will be. I'll tell you, I don't think the country could, could endure another shutdown. I don't think you have a choice. You're just not sending people lambs to the slaughter here. Well, listen, I, I just don't think I don't think I can afford it. You can't. Are you gonna go to, what's that? You're going to go to slaughter anyway if you if, you, if you're if the country's going to fall apart. So I I, I, I doubt that's going to happen. I'm going to stay in the house. I know you are. <laughs> I'm going to keep going to work. You know, I think that I should just stay in the house. That's my plan. Well, you, you're doing very well right now. Well, my wife and I's test came back negative. See, there you go. So there you go. So she just must add, she just must add a 24 hour thing. Ain't it crazy? You know, there's such thing as allergies and 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 bugs and and you know things. You know, you feel you don't feel good. Stuff, stuff like that. With you, a part of me is, but I hate to say this, a part of me wanted it to be positive for both of us, only because of how mild we felt. And I thought that, well, maybe then I know that when it hits us, that our body reacts well to it. Like you know. You know what I mean? Like, because then you get a preview of what your how your body handles it. Already, well, maybe, if maybe, it was a maybe, headaches. I mean, maybe you'll never get the virus. Who knows? Uh, well, you know, when they send lambs to the slaughter, I don't know. I mean, you know, what am I going to do? So anyway, as we get down a stretch here, I got to ask you: Have you ever watched the hot dog eating contest? I need to know. Be honest. I, you know, I tried one time, but it's a fake contest. It's a fake contest. I don't know how it's fake, but before you tell me how it's fake, I just want to say that watching men or women dip buns in water so they'll slide down their throat and shove hot dogs down their mouth is by far one of the most nauseating things I've ever in my lifetime watched. It is so gross. To watch them sweating and their faces getting red and they're jamming the hot dogs in their mouth and they're dipping the buns in the water. It has to be the grossest thing ever. 
And it boggles my mind that America is so fascinated with this stuff. America's fascinated with anything weird, Jim. Anything weird they're fascinated with. Have you ever been in any kind of food eating contest? No. I eat. See, I have. I am a fast eater. I don't chew hardly at all. I just put it in my I just basically swallow. I got these I got these huge horse teeth that I can rip almost anything apart. And I could just rip and go, you know. So I was in a couple pie eating contests and stuff like that. I won I won one out of like four yeah. or five of them you eat. Huh? How many the whole, pie, the whole pie. Just eating pies. Oh, so it wasn't how many pies, it was whoever finished it first. Right, but but of course there was a time limit. So I got like three pies into somebody's one. I mean, that's how I went for it, man. I was a, I had pie all over my face. What'd you get for doing that? I, I got yeah, good job. Man. That's oh, the hell no. I know. But see now, to me, the, the, the hot dog eating competition is a fraud. And I'm gonna tell you why. When you eat a hot dog, nobody eats a hot dog and dumps their bun in water and eats a hot dog. It's just not real. Nobody does that. It's no longer a bun, it's just a piece of dough. So it's not even a hot dog bun. And every hot dog at least has one condiment on it. When you say, I mean, at least mustard or catch something. I don't care what it is. I don't have time to put mustard on. No, nobody eats a hot dog with no condiment on it. Jim. So the whole premise is wrong. If you want a, a, a official hot so dog. You got to put ketchup on it or mustard. It's got to be at least one. Sauerkraut. I mean, I would go for sauerkraut or chili to, to really make it good. <laughs> yeah, that's good for a lot. But, yeah, I would do that. I mean, to make it official, though, you can't dump a bun in water. It is no longer a bun. So it's not really a hot dog bun anymore. So they have to take the whole hot dog with bun and all and eat it that way with one condiment for me for that to be an actual competition. Because You know what it's like doing? You know, it's like it's like when the Patriots deflated the football in, in, in principle, right? Mm -hmm. So that's – it has to be the same, but it has to be a real football. You know, if it's a deflated football, it's not a real football. It's it's like a football. That's not a hot dog. That's that's you know something that resembled a hot dog at one time. You know what I mean? So to be an official hot dog eating contest, you have to have the bun dry hot dog with with a condiment, maybe a sauerkraut or chili. I mean, that could be a different. This is just an eating competition. But right, but it's a hot dog. I'll give you an example. You right. said you ate in a pie eating contest, okay? Right. Now right. I'm gonna tell you how I eat apple pie. Okay. I heat it up a little bit in the microwave. If it's if you know if it's left over, I get a nice scoop of vanilla ice cream. Oh, nice. Put a little whipped cream. Now you're not nice. tell me when you ate that apple pie or whatever pie that they ice creamed it up for you and that they put whipped cream on it for you. You just ate the pie. No, but it was official pie. It wasn't dunked in water. There was nothing done to make the Jeff, pie different. impressive that I don't know how a man, I don't care if he dips it in soda, I don't care how a man eats 75 hot dogs and buns or dough, because I right. can't eat 75 pieces of dough, 75 hot dogs and buns in 10 minutes. Oh, I, I agree. Listen, to stuff your mouth with anything. I don't care what it is and swallow it for... For 75 of anything's impressive. But if we're going to have a competition, I think you should have an official competition. You know what I mean? And like I said, Jim, you could have the one condiment division and then the sauerkraut extra chili with onions division. You know, because it'll gross you out anyway. It's a little more messy. No, no, I, I don't care about grossing out. I want to see the official. Out you see a guy I, 
I want to see an official hot dog eating contest, not this dunk your, you know, your your bun and nuts coffee thing. I don't like that. That's not Maybe really. You write a letter to Nathan's. I'm gonna, and I'm gonna tell him I want a real official, official hot dog eating contest. I mean, if you eat hamburgers, you don't put the burgers and and soda, and you don't do all that stuff. Well, let me tell you here. They got so Joey Chestnut. 36 years old, has won 13 of the last 14 years, the competition. He set a new record, 75 hot dogs and buns in 10 minutes. Yeah. Okay. On the woman's side of things, Miki Sudo won the title, eating 48 and a half hot dogs and buns in 10 minutes to win her seventh straight title. You know, I, I'm not even going to touch <laughs> that, that with a 10-foot pole. I'm not even touching that. Why not? I'm just not. I'm not commenting on on that at all. I, Let me ask I, you a question. Right. Do you think because I'm Joey Chestnut's out of your league, so we're gonna yes. ask that. Do you think you can beat the girl, the woman? On what? I'm eating blueberry pies. I could kick her butt. I'm you, telling you. Can you kick her butt? Can you eat more than forty-eight hot dogs and buns in ten minutes? I could eat more if there were. I love hot dogs. If it was a regular hot dog eating contest, with ten a, minutes we're talking about. With, yeah, with a bun. No dunking the, the bun. You're not eating 48 hot dogs in 10 minutes. I, I, she couldn't eat 48 hot dogs in 10 minutes okay. without dunking the bun. She All right, let me, let me just let me take the bun out of it for a minute. All right, take the bun out. She ate 48 hot dogs in 10 minutes, and if, I don't know even without the bun. So she just grabbed the hot dog and ate it. You right. never eat 48 just straight hot dogs in 10 minutes. It, it depends on the price. For it. What's the prize money? I want to know what the couple said. It ain't what you got for eating pie. Like it's a prize. I, I know, but I was a kid. Thousand dollars, isn't it? Ten thousand. I'm like, I don't know. Because right. if it's if, if we're talking, if we're talking like fifty thousand dollars, I'll go to training right now. <laughs> You're gonna go train <laughs> right now. I'll be ten out boxing again. I will go train right now. After we off after we're done with this show. I will go out and I will personally stop at Nathan's Hot Dogs, buy two cases of hot dogs, and serve training right now for next. Not enough. We have twenty cases. So, so Alex asked a good question. This is good stuff to talk about because honestly, if they cancel all sports, this is the kind of stuff we'll be talking about: pizza and hot dogs. He says, "Which hot dog do you prefer, Nathan or Sabret?" Well, let me clear a few things up because I spent a lot of time in New York City. So, number one, all the hot dog stands around New York City sell Sabrets. They don't sell Nathan's. If you go to the little, the dirty water dogs are Sabrettes. And the dirty water dogs are the best. And the reason why they're so good is because they use the same water for five or six days. And say what you want to say. That gives it flavor. It is what it is. I mean, if you, if you want, that's what makes them. That's, that's why when you go to New York City, and I live close. I can be there in the half hour. I'll go. When you go to New York City, the reason that the Sabret hot dog tastes better than the same Sabret hot dog that you get in Connecticut or New Jersey is because that Sabret sat in that water for five days. When they, I mean, the water, not it didn't sit in the water for five days. The water was there for five days before they changed it. Which in Connecticut they're cleaner, so they would have cleaned the water. Yes. So it's dirty water dog. It's always Sabret. You can't well, let me tell you with Sabret. Let me tell you, there's nothing wrong with Nathan's and Sabrets are good. I've oh, had Sabrets too, but Sabrets are in a class of their own. My favorite is Groton Weagle. Who? Groton Weagle. Never. Groton Weagle. All these or something. A great hot dog, 
great sausage. They make them here in Connecticut, and they're great hot dogs. People in Connecticut love Groton Weagle hot dogs. Now, Alex wants to know which brand. Now, I would take Sabret over Nathan's, and that's not me saying I don't like Nathan's, because I will tell you, I love Nathan's fries, like with the ridges in them. But yeah. when I go to the store and I buy hot dogs, I usually buy ballparks only because even though I like Nathan's more, Nathan's are, I mean, I mean even though I like Sabret more, Sabrets are not made for the grill, really. They're made for water. So if I'm going to yeah, hot dogs, I use ballparks because they grill up nicely. And Nathan's doesn't sell their hot dogs over the counter. Not here anyway. I haven't seen them. Oh, I know they do packs, but I haven't seen them. So, you know, but there's nothing better than a New York dirty dog. I mean, you want to talk about great food. And they only yeah. they don't overcharge either. They still only charge you a couple dollars. It's only $2. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's because well, everything else in the city is raised up. I go to the city tomorrow. I take my wife. We go sit down at a steak restaurant. I'm paying $85 for that steak. Well, listen, I, when I went to, to a Broadway show in February, do you know how much I paid for a slice of New York City pizza? It was like five. Way too much. Way too much. Twice. Well, that's that's your fault. You should have you should have prepared, Jim. Uh, no, I mean, I wasn't upset. I mean, I'm used to New York prices. I'm just simply telling you that, you know, you know, I love the city. Maybe not now because they got rid of the crime unit and everyone's shooting each other. But before that, I did. Well, one day I will make you a we get together. I'll make you my pizza. All right. My pizza is unbelievable. That won't cost you five bucks. I only charge you like two fifty. Like your pizza. pizza as in making what I make house or where you work from scratch. I'll make it at the house from scratch. Just oh. as good as I do it. Oh. You know, so I'll make you I'll make it a nice pizza. I, I don't. I have to figure out how far by car you live from me. How close are you to the casinos? Let's see. I'm probably out of out of New York. I'm at two hours at the most out of two two hours out of the city. I'm halfway between uh, uh, about halfway between Springfield, uh, Boston, and New York. So I, I, it takes me about two hours to get to either city. No, mm. I'm, I'm I'm about far are you from the casinos though? About an hour, an hour something, an hour something. Well, you're like five and a half from me. All right, so. <laughs> Speaking of casinos, before we get to our last topic, some of the Atlantic City casinos opened. Now, not the one I frequent, the Borgata, because the governor decided to extend the not eating inside thing. So, which is basically code for not only can you not eat inside the Borgata, you'd have to take it outside, which is retarded. Right. You're not going right. to go sold out steakhouse and go outside. And you're not going to ask someone to make you a nice $80 steak so you can carry it out with paper plates and eat it outside. And they're not allowing the Brigada to serve liquor inside. No way. Yeah. So Brigada decided, well, we're not going to open until we can do it the right way because our customers have an expectation. And that's true. The reason I go to the Brigada and nowhere else is because they're a step above everybody else. Right. So anyway, so the Hard Rock opened. And I saw some pictures and, you know, they got people at the craps table and stuff. They're wearing masks and they have plastic going around, you know, the shield. Yeah. Now. And the yeah. people are throwing the dice and putting their chips under the plastic because the, the shield comes down to like where you just have enough room to put your hand. In. So that's the new norm now. Right. And when you walk into the hard rock, you actually go through a thermal scan. And if you have a temperature, you're not allowed it. Right, right. I heard, I, I heard that. I heard, I heard they're tightening up on everything right now. And you know, it's, it's going to be for a while. Too. It is. It is. So, yeah. tomorrow, we have our biggest guest to date. Right. Somehow, Matt convinced Bob Aram to come on. 
For those of you who don't know who Bob Arum is, probably means you never followed boxing ever. But Bob Arum is one of the biggest boxing promoters, if not the biggest boxing promoter in the world. He's the CEO and founder of Top Rank, the uh, famous boxing promotion. And he's pretty much is the biggest promoter. I mean, he's surpassed, you know, Don King and things like that. And he has agreed to come on. And now I'm very excited to see him come on. I mean, mainly because yeah. I want to see if he'll hang up on Mac. Because I want to just <laughs> front. if he hangs up, he's not hanging up on me. He's probably hanging up on Matt. Right. So because he is a little fiery. Well, I tell you, he's from New York, right? So he's 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 an old New York guy. He's 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 straightforward, but he's he's got a great personality. Um, there's a lot of things. I won't say a lot of things. A few things that people don't know uh, about Bob Aram. That's that doesn't include just promoting. Um, I got a lot of a little inside track. Man, a lawyer. Or... Oh yeah, a little inside track of, of of certain stories that I know about because I know somebody that kind of knows Bob Aram a little bit. He's He's who I worked through to get to get him on. So we're going to have uh, quite a few questions for him. Hopefully, he can spend time with us. His main fight, his main event fight is tomorrow night, Jim. So he's coming. He's coming on with us early his time, which is 105, 405 our time. Uh, and he's going to fight his. He's going to go to his fight tomorrow night. They got. Uh, they've got uh, Joseph Cepeda versus. Kendo, Kendo Castena, which See, is now, uh, I'm not going to say this to him because I don't want to. <laughs> but anyway, this is the problem with boxing and why it's falling off. Why is there a big fight on a Tuesday? Because he's promoting. He's got a lot of fights coming up. Now. I know, but you see my point. I mean, this I didn't. You know, this is the well, boxing. Listen, that's because you don't follow boxing like no, I do. I mean, I would. It's in his heyday when he was promoting fights. Leonard and Hagler and Hearns and Holyfield and Foreman and Oscar De La Hoya. I watched boxing all the time. It was right. nothing to do with the promotion of the boxing. It, it has to do with, for me, is that the fighters, they're, they're just not the same as they were back then. Well, it, again, there are some fighters out there that you don't even know about because the publicity of boxing has go, gone down somewhat. But the main event on ESPN tomorrow night is going to be all – all Bob Arum's uh, uh, promotions, and he's a, and he's coming on with us. He'll be in the bubble there in Las Vegas, so he'll be coming on with us early before the fight comes up. So, I mean, not only is he coming on with us, he's coming on with us a day of, of one of his right. fight promotions. That's another problem, too, is that they're not getting enough publicity from the networks. Like ESPN, you know, you just said that's a main event on their network, but yet if you go to their site right now, they're not mentioning it. It's talking about MMA. So it's right. like ESPN also has failed the sport. Right. Oh, yeah, I, I, I believe so. I believe a lot of it has has fallen back, and I think it's – and we've talked about this with other boxers and with other boxer writers that have been on the show where, you know, they divided the divisions into four. There's four belts now, and there's really two that are significant. And The weight classes is oversaturated with, you know, you can go up 10 pounds and win three different belts. So – uh, and even Iceman was on talking to us about how anybody could sanction a fight. We could sanction a fight. So the boxing has, I think boxing hurt itself a lot. There's people like Don King and Bob Arum that have kept boxing relevant. Uh, and we'll even, we might even, I'm going to throw in a question to him tomorrow about Don King, which, you know, there have, yeah. So hopefully he, he doesn't get upset with me there. I won't, everyone get upset. 
I think he's I think he's a a, a well a well spoken man. I've seen him on a couple of interviews, and and this is a big get for us. This is boxing royalty, Jim. I mean, absolutely, absolutely. There, there ain't no there are any any shows that could get a guy like this. And they're uh, like I said, you make relationships with promoting, and we have a lot of good people out there that we're friends with now, and we'll be getting bigger guests as we go along. Well, if anybody is trying to, uh, you know, push boxing as much as possible, it's definitely you. So yeah, you know that. Yeah, I mean, well, a lot of the other shows out there on Facebook are not paying much attention to boxing. Well, you know something. What is that? What is a better sport, Jim? Honestly, what's a better sport than man versus man, skill on skill? Uh, you can't throw them down. You gotta just use your hands, and you and you go in there and you're fighting a man toe to toe for for it used to be 15 rounds for at least 10, 12 rounds, and and heart, physicality, athleticism, skill. I mean, what better sport is there? I mean, I love football, but there's nothing like a person versus one That's person. Question you should ask me on Wednesday. Because <laughs> I'll uh, I'll let you know how I really feel. Let me throw in one more thing now that we got we're down the stretch here. Did you notice that um you know how like right now anything someone brings up that kind of looks like it goes against people it gets changed. Right. Okay. Andrew McCutcheon decided to attack the Yankees today and say that their hair rules could take away from our individualism. Yeah. Think that? I think it's if you don't want to play for the Yankees don't play for the Yankees. No that's that's not an yeah, answer. Yeah, that is an answer. If you can't go, oh, just like I Randy. Know you think about that. Do you think it's just like just, individualism? Just like Randy Johnson had to cut his hair. Just <laughs> like uh, the wild man from Boston had to shave his beard. That is part of being a Yankee. That is just, that is. If you want to play for the Yankees, that's part of playing for the Yankees. And when you come to the Yankees, you notice there's no there's no names on the back of their jerseys like other teams. Listen, no said, he said that it was an honor to play for them, and he mm -hmm. felt honored, and he called the franchise great. He didn't, like, attack them in a bad way. He just said it. he feels like taking away their hair and their beard takes away their individualism. Right, and it does. But that's what it is to mean to be a Yankee. As You know, it's, it's like in football, Notre, Notre Dame doesn't have names on the back of their shirts. It's just Irish. It's just a, it's a fighting Irish. There are some teams that are just playing. You're playing for the Yankees. You're a Yankee. There's no, you know, there's no name on the back. You're just a Yankee. That's how it is there. That has always been their culture. They're trying to keep it that culture. I think it's great. I think it promotes being a team. If you want to be a, a individual, there's plenty of jobs out there where you can express your individuality. Plenty of teams you can go to. If you, if that's part of being a Yankee, you sign that contract. This is what it is. That's what it is. Some people chimed in. I didn't see it because it was on a different page under the Worldwide Sports Network. Uh, CJ said, let's go Rangers. Scarsdale in the house says, welcome to the WWS and our family. Thank you, CJ. We look forward to talking to you. We can only see your comments if you actually post them on the Big Guy Sports page. They don't come to our software through the Worldwide page. Uh, Christopher said, what pisses me off about the Tanaka incident is that the Yankees were more pissed about the video than the fact that him getting hurt in his health. Right. Point. Um, <clears throat> you know, like I understand the Yankees is like a different level and they expect everybody to, you know, compare and you make a good point. If you don't want to, you don't want to do it, don't sign there. So nope. you know what happens though? You know what happens? Is players say about oh, like he's not the first player to complain no, about the game. Exactly. Do you know what? 
they seem to not really care much about their hair or their beard anymore when the Yankees cut that fat check that pays them more than everybody else. Then it's yeah. like, ah, it's not a big deal anymore. Yes, yes, exactly. exactly. I, again, Jim, you know, there, there are certain teams – the Mets, I don't know what their rules are about being a Met. I imagine that rule, but I would imagine there's something written in a contract about being a Met. I would imagine something. Yeah, not really. Well, all right. But class, these organizations are so giant. The Giants are very strict in football. The Cowboys have their own thing. Um, um, there's there's certain organizations anything comparable to the Yankees. I mean, I think that they know I don't think there's another team and I maybe misquoted on this, but I don't think there's another team in professional sports that requires a certain haircut or a beard. I think well, for, for example, when a kneeling down was happening in the NFL, what did, what did Jerry Jones say? Anybody that kneels is gone. You don't play for the Cowboys. There you go. So there you go. I mean, this is what I'm saying. There, there are, there are certain organizations ran a certain way. Now I'm not comparing Yankees to the Cowboys because Yankees are a little bit uh, older than the Cowboys, but I'm, there's certain organizations that are run certain ways and, and that's tradition. Yeah, that's true. I wonder, uh, you know, I wonder, I always wonder where Jerry Jones, uh, where he feels about that now. Yeah, like, that's good. He, has, he hasn't said anything. Nobody's been able to get a quote. He's hiding on the boat in the middle of the water, probably. Is, I, it, yeah, I don't is think he, he can say that this year, but you know is what? He hiding? Is he hiding or is he just remaining quiet? You I mean, weird to me, though, to be honest with you. Is a lot of people who back in the day said they don't agree with the kneeling and all that during the sports have been attacked, whether it's been Roger Goodell or other. Why are the Cowboys fans that are that believe in the BLM movement not attacking Jerry Jones for what he said? Like, why does he get a pass? Well, I don't, I don't, man, Jerry Jones seems to be like, like the like Jesus in this country, untouchable. He gets a pass on everything he does. I don't know. I don't know what the people in Texas and Dallas think of Jerry Jones. I mean, I've got a lot of problems with Jerry Jones, not just right. But I'm just, does he, not, he's, he's to always get the pass? Like he's Teflon Don. He I don't know. Pass. I mean, nobody's going taking that. Drew Brees makes a statement, an ignorant statement, and he gets vilified. Yeah. Jerry Jones came flat out out of his own in his own son and whatever whoever does his statement said. You kneel, you don't play here. And this is right. back in the Kaepernick thing, and nobody's brought it up. Jerry's right. just chilling. So. Well, maybe he's smart, man. Maybe just being smart, not opening his mouth. Maybe that's the best course of action. Well, but you've seen how many things have been brought up about what people have said in the past now to come back to haunt them today. Yeah, yeah. We're not even the Cowboys players. Like all these athletes have been coming out saying, I'm not going to play for this team till this guy apologizes. We had college athletes mad because a guy wearing his coach wore a shirt for a news station. Didn't even say anything. Just the name of the news shirt. I won't play unless they do something about it, but I don't see any Cowboys coming up. You know why? Because at the end of the day, no matter what your cause is, you could be bought and they were bought. And that's the problem. I got my money from the Cowboys. I didn't see any Cowboys players come out and say, I'm not playing for Dallas until they allow us to kneel. We're, I haven't said anything said that. You got a, you got a point, man. You got I a point. Bottom dollar, if my, if Malcolm Jenkins was playing there, he would have said it. Yeah, him or Richard Sherman. You know, Malcolm Jenkins, I don't always see eye to eye what he says, but I'll tell you what, I respect Malcolm Jenkins because he sticks to his guns. Yeah. At the end of the day, he sticks to his guns. That's yeah. He stands up for what he believes in. Doesn't care about it. But we're done. 
We got down the stretch. We'll be back tomorrow with Bob Arum. You guys have a good night. Enjoy Down to the Wire, which I believe is coming up next, and have a good time. We appreciate all your feedback. Alex, you did a great job, and we will see you guys. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.